So we paid her a visit. The lip we sit can house the nine zips. For rock, we can't do nothing. But it's we come equipped of this or take rap blast. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 238. And we're excited to sling some goo for you today. We're going to drop some fantasy football knowledge on your domes. And uh, today's show, we are going to be talking about the day to day in season team management. Obviously, drafts are important, but I'm telling you, you can draft a crap ball team and still win a championship. You got to do the work, put in the time on the day-to-day, the week-to-week throughout the season. As usual, to my left, I have Houdini, and we got are excited as hell to have PK Ripper joining us uh, out from the East Coast. So, what up, PK? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Nice, I'm- nice. We're going to be talking. Fired up, man. Fired up football season is right here, and it's go time. It's go time, right? I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com, and it's Sunday afternoon. I'm feeling really hungover after an amazing Pearl Jam night at Wrigley Field last night. Uh, so I'm going to sound stupid at some times. I'm still a little drunk, I think. I think you had a, you had a, a little bit more fun than I did, though. I was at a, uh, out in Westchester, Illinois hey. at a... Uh, a sex guessing uh, party for a baby to guess what the sex was going to be, boy or girl. Did anyone say uh, hermaphrodite? Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, we're going to have a good time here, and basically, we've done. We like to do in the preseason and uh, in the training camps. We like to give you these kind of uh, strategy type of podcasts. Because as we know, when we get into the season, uh, we've got to really talk about each matchup, each game, and each guys uh, for the upcoming week. So in the offseason and leading up to the season, we're going to give you this, uh, this great gem and give you a bunch of just thought starters and have a little collaboration here on uh, things that we like to do individually and, uh, and advise our listeners to do for their fantasy teams on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis. So... Uh, before I get into that, let me give a quick pyro promo. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher, Spreaker. We're available on Google Play. So you can check us out on all those spots as well. 
But uh, it really helps us out. Give us a follow. Subscribe to us. Give us a five-star review. Give us a, a little write-up and review on uh, what you like about the show. And uh, that really helps us in, uh, in, the, in the eyes and minds of Mr. Steve Jobs and that whole podcast thing he's doing over there on iTunes. So hook us up there. Uh, give back. And uh, we will appreciate it. So... Let's just kind of have a free-form discussion here, and uh, as you guys go, if you want to drop out any little tidbits and, 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 and other uh, gems on any fantasy football news or any player news that happened, um, feel free to do so. Well, I, I want to just quickly start, before we get into the actual during-season stuff, because there's things that are happening now, especially in a lot of dynasty leagues, and people are having a lot of these rookie drafts. So with the rookie drafts, I actually had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine who was uh, picking, so it's not the strongest draft that, that we have this year of rookies coming in. So uh, without as many standouts, he's sitting there and he's having to pick in a 14-team league, picking around like the 10th pick. So the guy that he was really targeting at that point, he was like Kenneth Dixon got taken one pick before him. So he's like, okay. So I said, I go, well, do you really want a running back right now? Do you really like anybody that's out there? It's a dynasty league. They're able to keep all these players. And you can reserve these players for up to two years. And none of the quarterbacks have been taken. So I said, I go, if you are in a situation, I think this goes for um, even the same type of situation in a regular draft, but especially in these rookie drafts, if, if you don't like the rest of the talent that's out there, it doesn't match what you have, you take the best talent available. Because you you can end up turning in a 14-team league, and you think about how many people have don't have quarterbacks, by grabbing that quarterback, even though you can turn him into trade later in the year, which we'll talk about coming up, into more profit for you than grabbing some guy who's just taking a, a shot on, on, on the dark. And I think that goes to the end that we've been really preaching all offseason uh, as we kind of mold and change and evolve our, our, our mindset and approaches each fantasy season based on what's, what's the landscape of the league is take the best player. Yeah. Uh, I think you're, uh, the most effective thing I'm seeing and doing the mocking and actually doing a couple expert drafts here in the last couple weeks, like if you take the best player, even in certain situations, I've been like through eight rounds, I've had five wide receivers or four running backs, and it's like, oh, all right, but I'm looking, I'm like, you're just so excited because you're able to, your fourth running back is a John Stewart or a Frank Gore, and you're just taking that best talent in that seventh or eighth round. Uh, and you're amazed that these guys slip where even if you don't need it, it's better doing that than, uh, than going and, and taking some, filling a position with a, a, a ninth tier kind of guy. What do you got, PK? Yeah, definitely. You want to you wanna have the most overall talent on your roster, you know, the best plays with the most upside. I mean, guys you could chase all season off the wire. You, you could get them via trade if you want. But when you're going into the draft and you're coming out of that draft, you really want the best overall talent by position that you can hold because those are going to be like the meat and potato kind of players you're going to want throughout your season, give you consistent numbers all every week in, week out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, I like that little uh, little tidbit you, you gave us there, Houdini. That's, uh, that's, that's it. Sounds like an interesting league. Well, let's go on and, and piggyback on that one with uh, with trade strategy. Okay. Some people are in leagues where trading is happening like crazy. Other people are in leagues where there's like one trade every year. Other people are in leagues that every trade gets vetoed and it sucks. So everyone's just been kind of castrated to the point that they don't even try and make trades anymore. Uh, one. I personally love trading, and even if you don't pull off trade, I love the discussion, I love the game, I love the dealing and wheeling, um, but 
sometimes if you've got a great team, uh, it just you don't want to just start trading just to be a trader. And I've done that as well, where you start trading guys and you're like, why the hell did I do that? Just because I wanted to do something. I was like, there work. Was a, <laughs> there was a guy like that in one of my other leagues. It was like, as soon as the draft was done, before week one started, he would already make four trades. <laughs> like, he, like, so every year, you just hate how you draft, or you're purposely drafting a certain way in order, and he would a lot of times go, you know, have six running backs on his team, or whatever it was, in order to set up the potential for those trades. Yeah. Yeah, usually when I'm doing the trades, and I trade a lot, I mean, I'm one of those guys you're talking about, I'm, I'm pre-draft trading every week I'm on the block. I always in, um, tell my GM to please, please, I mean my commissioner, I'm sorry. I tell my <laughs> commissioner, you're you're the owner of your team, you got a GM too? <laughs> So I could get the layout of what people are into and what other what other teams want to give up certain players or what players they covet more, you know. I, I need that trade block set right away, and then I'm on the move. I'm jockeying for position, off the wire, everything. As soon as the draft is done, no offseason, bro. Right, so you're you're one of those guys that likes to get it going. See, I, I like my team. Sometimes I'll do an in-draft trade. Oh yeah. So if a guy starts just snap like two of my dudes in a row, and I, I'm and I'm just like, I really felt like I'd be able to get those guys, but now there's uh, uh, you know coveted players on someone else's team. I'll I'll give you some money. I'll give you some not money, a money player. Well, I'll give you money too. Maybe, maybe a little marijuana. <laughs> collusion. Table, collusion. Yeah. Collusion. I'll give you something on the side, but no one needs to know about those kind of stories. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it, when I see that, I'm like, oh, dude. All right. Look at the very beginning of my draft. I need, let's parlay, I need a couple of those guys you just grabbed. Uh, so that's fun to do. Um, you know, I think also a good thing with trading is, and it's a hard, it's a fine line because it's burned all of us, but when a guy that comes out of nowhere and blows up and completely exceeds expectations early in the season, don't be afraid to sell high on a guy. You know, I made the mistake last year with Steve Smith, drafted him in a league, it just, I mean, he was top five through the first six season, uh, six games of the season last year. Everyone's like, oh my God, look at this old man do this. Uh, and then I got offered a Brandon Cooks straight up because Cooks is always a slow starter. And I'm like, the guy knows I love Cooks. I'm sitting watching the, this Steve Smith game. Uh, I kid you not, two weeks, I, I said, no, I can't do it. He, he was like, I'll shake right now. And I was like, oh, I love Cooks. And, and I didn't do it for, like an idiot. And then two weeks later, I'm sitting watching him watching Steve Smith, and he was lighting it up, and then we watched him tear his Achilles, and I'm just like, he looked at me, he's like, should have made that trade, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this, happen, this happens a lot, and, and, what, and, and when you say this, it's, it's really important to understand it as well from a full season statistical standpoint. When you look at a player that ends up having one of the, good, one of the better seasons, maybe he ends up with 1,200 yards or something like that, but he goes through a five-week stretch where those five weeks are accounting for, you know, maybe 700 of those 1,200 yards. So if you're, and, and, the, and, the, and the thing in your heart is going, I can't trade this guy, I can't, this guy is dominating for me, this guy is dominating for me. And it's, sometimes there's, especially when uh, the player's been around more, and if you also need to look around at this entire situation. Is this a player that's ascending? Is this a player that has the potential to take their game to another level? Do they have all the other pieces around them in the offense in order to allow them to continue the success that they're having? Or are they kind of just playing over their head and you can expect a, a regression to the norm? 
Yeah, and then you got you definitely, and then you got the players who you draft with the intention of trading. You know, I, I pick up an Arian Foster. I know he's injury prone. I know I'm just waiting for the wheels to come off. So I got him sitting on an IR in my league, and I'm waiting for something to happen. And sure enough, I had Ben Roethlisberger on my team last year. He goes down. I'm in need of a quarterback. So I pull off a trade for Arian Foster. I get Phillip Rivers back and A.J. Green for Arian Foster, who is the week before coming back. And what value can that go? And I ride, you know, Phillip Rivers until Benny gets healthy, you know? Absolutely. No, it's it's it's, it's always smart. That's why the same thing when I'm talking about that dynasty league, it, it, it will play for you in your regular draft too. When you're picking at rounds 12, 13, 14, don't just, it's always, we're saying pick the best talent available because even if you're putting extra depth into your roster at a certain position, well then it gives you more depth from which to trade. Um, now you, you were asking D-Rex as far as like, how quickly do people make trades? I like to make trades, but I don't like to make trades too early in the season. I like to usually give my team three weeks to, to prove to me you know, exactly where I'm at because things change so much from week one to week two in the NFL, and then by week three, you're starting to get a better picture, but you can also tell some of your stars that are just duds if they... Yeah, if they've gone that way. And there's also guys, and it's it's tough to really know. Like Philip Rivers, I've always thought it was a second half of the season kind of guy. But two years ago, he was basically the MVP through the first half of the season. Uh, and then you know, just looking at some of the tendencies and checking out the data and the stats, find out what kind of guys are, are, are early starters and what kind of guys are, are slow starters. Uh, you know, to your end last year, a guy like Doug Baldwin, his final stats. You know. The majority of them came in the four or five week span where he just lit it up uh, and did, did some magical Jerry Rice-like things. Uh, but heed that when you're looking at his stats from last year. Remember, kind of he did he did record-breaking things for a while, and that's going to probably even out a bit. So here's a good thing to do too. So let's say that you have a player that's experiencing one of these upticks, and you're trying to kind of figure out, especially if the player's been in the league for two, three, four years. Um, you can go to Pro Football Reference, you can look at game logs, and you can just look at it year by year and see what the normal progressions have been. Also, then you're going to start, this is also when you start paying attention to strength of schedule, who's coming up uh, that they're going to be playing against, uh, you know, what is the health situation of, let's say, if it's a running back, of, of the, the offensive line right now. Touchdown uh, dependency all versus these yards right. dependency. But you can kind of get a pretty good picture that's going to be pretty accurate if you do all that research and that homework on it. And you can actually do, I think, on Pro Football Focus and uh, uh, Pro Football Reference, um, uh, Fantasy Football Focus, uh, FF Today, I'm sorry. You can do the game logs. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm naming all of them. I'm giving everyone credit here. Um, but you can go in and say, hey, I want to see the game logs from these specific weeks. So I, you can go in on those sites and be like, all right, let me see week one through seven. Let me see week or one through eight. Let me see week nine through 17. So you can really check out and see kind of see that uh, that focus in on, on the half season. Uh, so you got anything, PK, that, uh, that, that you, any tendencies that fall into the strategy? 
strategy, or if not, feel free to throw out another one, uh, a little approach that yeah, you like to use. I'll, I'll coattail on what you just said right there about going to um, checking out the game logs and then compare it with your strength of schedule, see where the players, who their matchups are coming up on, you know? Are they, do they have valuable matchups or are they unfavorable matchups? And if they're unfavorable, maybe dump the load while you can, make a move, get somebody else who has a more favorable schedule later in the season, and, then, and just follow it up with that. Yeah, I always like to dump a load as often as I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing I'll also say about uh, when we're, while talking about the trade strategy is, you know, know just from your league. It's kind of know, know your league and know your league mates. Who are guys that you'll never get a good trade from? Who are guys that give you valuable and are willing to make realistic trades? And who are guys that, in your opinions, are kind of jackasses and idiots who will go and you can kind of uh, you know bend over a little bit? What do you got, PK? Yeah, exactly what you said. Know, know the teams that your league mates like. Play to their, play to their heartstrings a little bit. You got a Patriot fan on your league and you know he'll do anything. I'll have Brendan LaFell on my roster and then all of a sudden he's like coming back and ready to play. And, hey, you want him? Hey, what are you going to give me? Oops, I got David Johnson before he blew up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you, you, you play to their heartstrings all day. If you got Dolphin fans, you dump off any kind of garbage that you want to any other team that's going to take it and just enhance your roster. Well, that uh, your Arian Foster pick from last year, I hope you get him this year because that Dolphins fan in your league, is, it's a double whammy. Uh, Arian's going to have his nice five games, but as Stag's party has preached, and he actually sent me the article that kind of uh, gave him the, 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 the impetus and the realization of this, there's never been a running back who's come back from an Achilles injury and been the same. Never. Yeah. Like, the numbers are not good for the running back. Now, you can do it for wide receiver, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not too worried about uh, uh, Steve Smith, but running back, not a position where you're coming back uh, from an Achilles injury too well, and Arian Foster's ADP is skyrocketing. Um, anything else for in the trading side of things that we would want to cover? Well, I, yeah, I, I have a question for you in the leagues that you guys are in because one of the things that I think is important when you want to be able to make a trade, especially when you're trading from a position of power and trying to enhance your team, um, and I think that sometimes becomes a hindrance, and I'm curious how your leagues deal with it, is the multiple players for one trade. So whether you're trading two players for one or three players for one, how does your league deal with it? Because then it becomes one's going to have an overloaded roster. Are they forcing them to then drop players? Oh, yeah. And then do, does what happen is, do a lot of times do they just end up trading those players to the other team to make it an even trade? Yeah. Well, what happens in my league is, uh, in my oldest league, we actually have a cap on, I think it's 12 pickups for the whole season. Mm -hmm. So those come in a premium. So what we do is we make sure that if you are doing a multiple player for one or a three for two or something, a pickup has to be involved. And there's got to be another kind of equalizer, so to speak, okay. that's involved there. Where it's, it, 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 so that's basically what we do. Um, but that's a good. That's a great point. I mean, because so, you, know, you can't the, have it. You can't have if, if you got twenty-two people on your on all the teams. You can't have one team with twenty-three. So they're gonna have to dump somebody. Well, it's, it's right because so the way that I would want it to be done because I hate it when it, what happens is it's it's usually the team that, that is trading the multiple players and then the other people just throw in a couple add-ins. Usually, one of those add-ins ends up being a really yeah, good player. Exactly. And and I think that from a commissioner standpoint, the way that I would want to do it is this: to say, if you are going to make a multiple team trade, then you can trade the three players. I can trade three players to you, D-Rex. I get the one player in return, 
And those other players that you have, you just drop them out into the waiver wire. And then I have to then go to the waiver wire and pick up and fill my roster that way. This sounds a lot like the NBA. And speaking of which, uh, like, uh, and I'll let you go here in a minute, PK, is, is uh, remember J.R. Smith was one of those throw-ins on a trade that they made, uh, the Cavaliers made, and they called LeBron. They're like, yeah, we're getting this guy. We need a big man, blah, blah. And they're just going to throw in J.R. Smith. And LeBron was like, they're going to throw in J.R. Smith? That's the guy I like the best in the trade. Okay, <laughs> let's make that one. And we saw what J.R. Smith was able to do and the kind of shooting prowess that he's got. So you're totally right. Where that one guy that he thinks the duck butter and just the, the guy you're trying to release you can many times become the best, the most coveted piece of the trade. What do you got, PK? Yeah, like you said, the trade fillers, man, that's what it is, you know. You got guys who just, you got to couple up with somebody else, bundle them up just to make the trade look good. But you got to hope that your commissioner and the rest of your league is going to let the trade fly. And it's got to look good, you know, that's the thing. If it, if it looks lopsided, chances are the trade's not going to go through. You're going to have league mates be disgruntled. And you don't really want to do that because then you kind of influence people away from trading with you in the future. You know, that's 100% true. And the thing is, though, I've seen people where they say trades are lopsided and then it ends up being that it, they actually got the better end of the deal where every everyone time. thought that that was like, usually, not every time, but I'd say, I'd say more than 50%. Yeah. I'd say closer to 65 70%. I agree with that. Um, because everyone else is basing stuff on what happened the year before and not taking into account things that have changed and, and the new, new landscape because from year to year, things change a lot in the NFL. So... I agree, though. Don't be the jackass that offers completely lopsided trades. Uh, PK, you're 100% right there. Offer a fair trade, you know, and that goes to how do you how do you find your trading partners? You know, are you looking for like you need this position and you have a depth in this position? So I start looking first. Who needs the position that I have the depth of that I'll be able to have an easier trade with versus the guy who I just covet the player? But I don't really have any holes to fill for them in the trade. Yeah, no. Uh, very good point. What you said, PK, I'm, you got to make it look good. It's, it's, it's super, that's super true. Um, all right, I think they covered a lot of stuff. I like that little uh, vernacular you gave me there, uh, PK, trade fillers. Um, so I'll use that one in the future. But uh, if you guys have any questions on trading, um, you can join our uh, premium package, which is Pyro Pro. We offer it for a whole calendar year for 40 bucks, or you can dip your feet in the water and give it a shot, 10 bucks per month, uh, or you can even check it out for a week and see if uh, this is in your wheelhouse and you, you enjoy the content we're providing uh, and the service we're providing with that, you can do it for a week for five bucks. So check that out. Uh, you'll notice if you've been a fan of our site for a while, we've really been putting the paywall onto our content, uh, and it's just the step we're taking to take this thing to a full-time gig. Check it out! I blinded us with science! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Now you're making, with these little sound bites, you're making me want to drink. <laughs> the hair of the dog. Yeah, yeah, man, you'll feel better. I might do it. Um, I'm supposed to go to see Wilco tonight, and I just, my buddy's like, you still in for Wilco? I'm like, love Wilco, love, love Wilco, but Jesus, I'm an old man. I never really ripped it up last night. I might need to. D, hang on the DL and the AC with good old Daisy Girl. 
Um, but yeah, well, quick, quick, quick little promo on, the, on that Pyro Pro action. Uh, if you've got any questions for us, you can ask them on. I ask this on social media at two point. But with Pyro Pro, we've got second opinions, and you can ask us as many questions as you want. And uh, the Pyro Mindshare will answer your question uh, usually within 24 hours. And uh, some people ask some great questions that even stump us, and we're texting each other, or emailing in the background. What do you think on this one? Like uh, this is this is this has really got us, and uh, it's a great great service. So check that uh, check that premium package out if you want to really win. Uh, your league and your league uh, pays out money. There's no, it's a no-brainer to, to drop that 40 bucks because you're going to recoup it. I promise you. Uh, and you're going to recoup it just in, in, in what you learn uh, yeah. for how to manage your teams and how to deal with everything and how to look at rankings on a weekly basis and how to how to delve into stats and ask us, yeah, ask us anything. And that's it. You get when you're a Pyro Pro member, you get to see all the rankings for all the positions. Pyro Collective. Uh, you get our resource toolbox, which is just random. Off the cuff, awesome fantasy football charts. Uh, you can follow up to 100 players that you might have and following uh, and get news feeds. Guys like PK Ripper are dominating those news feeds for us. Uh, we got a great, great crew of people that are just putting out, uh, keeping you up to date on the news. And uh, Pirate Pro, that thing's pretty badass. I haven't heard one negative feedback on it yet, so we're doing something right there and we're, we're improving it uh, as much as we can day to day. So let's move on to. Um, a second point, and you kind of uh, touched on it a little bit in the last one, but um, strength, checking out strength of schedule, and you touched on it as well, PK. It's like find those windows, find those pockets, and when it comes to trading, or when it comes to even you know before when you draft, uh, find out opportunities. Maybe in the playoffs, have a little sense from uh, week 14, 15, and 16. Uh, what are the matchups on these guys that you're, you're, uh, you're is your quarterback all of a sudden going against stacked defenses when it matters most in the playoffs I mean, don't let that drive you too nutty but uh, finding the strength of schedule and knowing that and staying on top of it uh, in season and week to week can really help you uh, if you do have a deep bench it helps you with uh, you know playing playing the matchups and sometimes you got to sit a big name guy because he's just got to be uh, covered and double teamed and they're going to scheme against him you know Bill Belichick is going to make it a, 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 his, his priority to shut that one guy down, and that's not going to hurt you. That's not going to help out your fantasy team. So sometimes you got to sit it. Know that strength of schedule. Well, that, that, I want to jump on that point. That is so important. Week to week, understanding how to set your lineup and understanding that, let's say you do have um, Odell Beckham, and this is going to be one of the two weeks that he's going up against Josh Norman. And, you know, or they're going to, you know, and it's going to, so you say, can I expect him to take Josh Norman for 155, 160 yards and two touchdowns? Well, probably not. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, am I going to bench him? No. But, again, if I have that deep bench, maybe now it's like I need to have somewhere where I don't need the steady points right now. I need to get where I'm not going to get the splash points this week from ODB, OBJ, ODB, whatever you want to call him. You can... I want to start. I'm going to start Josh Gordon this week, or I'm going to start, you know, yep. someone that has the potential to go off, even though they might also have a potential to be cut short. So it's 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 understanding how your 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 what are the, what's what's the right formula for each week. When everyone's healthy and you have great matchups, it's all good. But when you have tough matchups, and let's say you have tough tough matchups in three of your positions, three of your best players. Now you really need to decide. You got to get your big splash players in, guys that can have big, big opportunities, even though it may be a fall flat on their face as well. 
Yeah, and then it all comes down to roster depth, you know? Who do you have on your roster ready for those matchups? And I like to look... I kind of play my enemies like a game of chess, you know? I'm always like three moves, three weeks ahead of the game. I'm jockeying and making sure that I have players available for those matchups. I might... I, like, I could give you an instance last year. I traded, I traded away Demarius Thomas two weeks before I was playing a guy for Calvin Johnson. I traded him. And then the week that I played him... He had the bench, Demarius Thomas, and I had Calvin Johnson going against him. He didn't see, have the foresight to see that coming, so I was able to take advantage and win that week's matchup just based on that almost alone. Yeah, and I think in that, going back to maybe some the trade points for a little bit, uh, if a guy's coming back from injury, sometimes uh, you know a bye week might happen, and they'll hold him back for a little bit longer just to get that extra uh, seven to ten days. So consider that kind of stuff in week uh, team management, where if a guy's coming back uh, and he's got a bye week coming up, maybe that incentivizes you. You're like, oh shit, there's only there's only seven weeks left in the season, and this guy's got a bye week. One of them, he's been a little banged up kind of just uh just just trade it's always better to trade right a, a, a guy away right before his bye week than right after it um so using that kind of mentality and just knowing the situation can help you i, I also want to say i think a great point there is when you have that team that has that player that is coming off of an injury that they know it's going to be brought back after their bye week and if you are in a good position where you're, and they're maybe like a 500 team, and you're sitting above, you say, "Look, I want to trade you for that player. I'm going to give you guys that you don't, you don't, you need these guys for these next two weeks. Yeah. You cannot afford to lose these two weeks before he comes back. And if he comes back and they limit him in any way, you're screwed." Now, th- that argument to me, if I'm the, that other guy, is like, "Okay, what are you offering?" <laughs> <laughs> you got I'm, me. I'm listening now. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, well, awesome. I think in, as far as the street strength of schedule, find those little pockets. There's an actual cool piece. We've got a, a new contributor on Pyro. We've got a bunch of new contributors. It's really exciting. We got we brought on a couple new guys uh, this week, actually. But uh, a fellow of us, an old old fan, uh, we're, we're coining him. His name Pyrolytics. And he's going to be doing a lot of uh, great charts and a lot of really heady kind of fantasy uh, pieces and content. And he's writing a piece now that we're going to be getting up on the site middle or end of next week that is all about these um, matchups and showing uh, when certain players, if they're home guys or if they're away guys. Uh, so, you know, Flacco and Breeze have always been known as being, Flacco's, I think, an away guy, right? He's, he plays better when he's uh, playing away, and Breeze is a total homer. So Breeze just lights it up whenever he's at uh, the Saints. And finding those kind of guys, where where do they succeed? Do you remember that Flacco was a homer or a away guy? I think he's an away guy. It's uh, like Julio Jones is, is not a home play, plays much better on the road than he does at home. So find out those guys, know those tendencies, and look at your schedule and be like, all right, shit, Breeze has got three friggin' home games in a row at right here, maybe in the playoffs, maybe it's early on in the season. You're like, okay, this guy's going to start out hot. Know that kind of stuff. I think the indices, it sounds like so detailed and minutiae, like it really shouldn't matter. And I don't want you to go all in and think that these kind of, all, all of these are cogs in the wheel. They're not like the most important thing, but if you can kind of cover all your bases, you're going to be a more stout fantasy football. And not only that, if not only covering your bases are you more stout, by having that information, uh, it allows you to have, when you want to trade for or uh, against these players, to be able to recall that information and be able to say that to somebody is compelling to get a trade done. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm into I'm into the details. You know, I want to know everything that's going on. Um, I believe that the more knowledge you have, the better off you're going to be overall throughout the season. You'll be better than the guy who's sitting there just coming in and just winging it. Believe that. You you want to really know the targets. You want to know who's getting them. You want to know what the road and home splits are. You need to know that stuff. If you want to win a championship, that's the stuff you need to know. Because otherwise, you're just coasting and you're trying. You're you're pretty much playing lotto in your league instead of sitting at the poker table and you have a bad hand going and you can bluff your way all you want. But somebody's going to call your bluff eventually and. I mean, you got to have that information because you're not going to win a championship without it. And that, that that's one of the reasons why – that's, like, the most reason I love you guys. Like, even coming in and finding you guys when I found you, it's like there's so much goo, so much information. And I love it. I love the charts. I love tears, everything that you bring to the table. You know, and you talk about the Pyro Pro. I can, I can live and attest to that. Back-to-back championships in my main league. I got other championships just, just because of the information that's available to me. And I know where to get it you can put it all in one place for me it's so easy you know so as a pyro fan you know i can attest to to the pro the pro version is is ultimate and for setting dominators up i can keep tabs on every player that is on my roster i mean it's like okay i don't need to go around search everywhere else check twitter and everything i can go right there and it's on my dashboard i love it i love everything you know the targets touches all all the goose so much it's like i just absorb it all it helps strength the schedule everything the draft kit too goes right through the whole season <laughs> for me bro i the love the checks season. in the mail pk rapper the checks in the mail you're the man this one's for you Fail, baby. Uh. follow that bitch well, thank you. I agree, man. Knowledge is power. And, uh, you know, one of my friends who uh, is one of my closest friends, and it's actually a fellow who was the 29th employee at Facebook. So he's one of my ultra-rich friends. Guy probably made 20 to $30 million off that, that prick. But one thing he always said, right when we moved, I moved to San Francisco with him, uh, and we were both, you know, fish out of water. I think we had each had one job post-college before then. And uh, one thing he always said, I'm like, he worked at Yahoo and did well there with stock, and then he worked at friggin' Facebook and did really well. And I was always be like, you're a lucky prick. And he always he said one thing to me. He's like, you know what? I made my luck. And, he, and I'm like... Hard to argue that. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so how did you do that? He's like, I prepared. I looked at all the places I wanted to work. I've looked at all the places that we're, we're going to bring upside and could have this kind of end package. And those are the only places that I've uh, tried to get the job. And I, I put my resume in there, and I went in very prepared, and I went in and interviewed great. And then after the interview, because I'm a sales guy, I was super hungry, and I was calling them almost every day and saying, hey, how are we doing? Is there anything else you need from me to, uh, to show you that I'm the guy for the job? here and he was just hungry and people were like dude if this guy if this guy's gonna sell himself to get the job like this imagine how he could sell our product so all this preparation this minutia falls into that parallel and I, I guess on the show I've been doing a lot of parallels in life to fantasy football but it's true uh, be lucky Roger Daltrey always says that be lucky but you can make your luck and knowledge is power and preparation makes that brings you that luck that's one of the greatest things that, that uh, someone told me in sales was said, oh man, yeah, this guy just gets lucky all the time. He's like, no one gets lucky. Yeah. It's like, you make your own luck. And it's like, is it any mistake that the guys that are out there really working on their craft and whatever just have more opportunities than the other people? You know, and so what he told me, and I know I've mentioned it on the shows in the past, 
is like, you know, is the six P's to success. Proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. That's it, dude. It's it, man. Another, we'll get to a little boxing analogy, but one thing, and I, I don't like, I, I'm going to jump over to UPK. Um, I don't like this guy, Floyd Mayweather, but one of the things he said on one of those 40 for 40 uh, things that he did when he was fighting like Johnny Hatton or something like that. Uh, eight, Ricky, eight, Hatton. Ricky Hatton. <laughs> Johnny eight, Hatton. I love that guy, Hatton. Uh, eight or nine years ago, but he, he would say, you know what? He would go out and he would work out at his health club at four in the morning and go and he would go running um, he would go running on the treadmill and he would just do it at four o'clock in the morning and the guy was like, Why do you do it at four? He's like, because I know that my competitor's sleeping. And he's like, just the mindset and the power that that gives me and the, and the confidence that gives me to know that I'm working at four in the morning and the guy that I'm going to be fighting in the next month or so is sleeping just gets you all riled up and says, I'm working harder. Go on, PK. Yeah, and another thing is opportunity versus availability. You're talking about the correlation between life and fantasy football. I can give you instances where it, it, it's one and the same. It's because you have to be available to, to accept the opportunity, okay? You have a player available out there, but you got a guy you're harboring on your roster, and you're sitting there and you're hugging on to him just from draft value stands. You, and it's like, why am I holding on to this guy who's not performing because I drafted him in the first couple rounds when I got a guy sitting out there who I can grab right now who can outperform this guy? Then you kind of you take advantage of that opportunity and you be available to use it to your advantage. I, I, I like that a lot. And I think that you bring up another point, though, of why sometimes people look at trades and they're like, oh, this is a horrible trade. It's because it's talking about a guy who says, oh, I'm going to trade either my first or second round draft pick. And they're trading it for guys that were maybe drafted in the in the fourth or fifth round, and and people are like, oh, well, wait, wait, no, no, it has to be equal value in return. Well, you know, who's to say what's equal value in return? That is, that is such a, a subjective thing, you know. That it's it's not like no one's being objective about it. Everyone's coming at it with their own opinion, and usually what they end up coming at it with is that. I can't believe you made that trade. I would have given you this. Well, then why didn't you offer it? That's it. One man's trash is another man's treasure, brother. It's so funny, though, that in leagues, you hear that all the time. And I've actually been in leagues where they, someone's rescinded the trade afterwards. and be like, well, he gave me more. I'm like, hey, Emmanuel Sanders, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else in the strength of schedule side of things? Um, I'll just Don't be starting what you can't finish, bitch. <laughs> uh, strength of schedule is awesome. It's one of those tabs in the draft kit that PK had mentioned. Uh, having a great season uh, selling those. And obviously it's prime fantasy football moment right now. So pyro promo. Pick up our draft kit. It's 20 bucks. We're on the sixth version of it. We will have one more version. There will be a version seven. I think it'll come out probably September 1st. So for people that have the drafts right before that week before the season starts, there will be a final version of the draft kit. But V6 is off the charts. Uh, just 30. We added another. We added a tier to this V6 for IDP tiers. So our boy, the Archer, did uh, some amazing IDP tiers. So now there's 23 tabs in this thing, uh, and it just runs the gamut. We got the tier documents, awesome. Strength of schedule is worth the 20 bucks alone. We break down that strength of schedule uh, by uh, first eight games, second eight games. We also do it and show you uh, fantasy football week uh, playoffs. So we do week 14 through 16 strength of schedule, and we also do week for people that are still doing their fantasy leagues 
in week 17, don't do it. Uh, but those people, we've got a strength schedule for people that are doing 14 through 17. So strength schedule is awesome. That's just a tip of the iceberg. It's got depth charts. It's got um, you know player rankings for all of the uh, different positions. Tons of pros and cons. I know PK Ripper. All of us uh, contribute to those, and it, it's just it's just an awesome piece. So if you're looking for a different type of draft kit, it's an Excel document and uh, something that it's just a one-stop shop. Read that, digest that, and create your tiers and go into your draft with just your tier sheet. Um, you know, all this stuff we're talking about preparation uh, and just being better and working harder than your competition. And let, let, me add, let me add one point to that because, you know, there are other uh, sites out there like us that offer different types of things for the draft. But a lot of them, what we're doing is different than everyone else. When we're sending it to you in an Excel document, we're showing you all the different pieces that we've come up with and also different pieces that allow you to make up your own decision on these players as well as you're doing as you're doing your homework versus some of these other sites where they're just going to say okay it's great you know uh, here's 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 your rankings and you're good to go yeah. But you're or we're gonna, sleepers we'll, and busts right. are in there, and, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll give oh. it, maybe they'll give you a write-up on a player. But it's not giving you these other charts, these other bits of information, all the different pros and cons that, that go into deeper minutia. We are always. This is why we are the, the web, uh, the website, the the uh, the. Uh, uh, the fantasy football advice site with a soul. Uh, we care. We are not. Te- we're not just trying to help you win a championship. We're going to teach you how to win a championship and make you a winner for years and years to come. Absolutely, and that's the thing we hear the most on the feedback. Got you just said it earlier on the show, PK Ripper. But when people send us notes on on Facebook or Twitter, and check us out in both spots: facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac on Twitter or twitter.com forward slash p y r o m a n the number one a c. Uh, we're crushing it in both those spots on a regular basis you can communicate with us we post all our information we're posting fun stuff pk is a madman on all those things <laughs> social media maven over there we love it uh but yeah just check those out and and and, and yeah it's just there's the, the feedback we get when people are giving us some love they're just like man you guys you guys really you guys really give it a, a, a different way and, and have helped me out so much not just for this season but in general so Let's move on from uh, SOS unless you got something uh, you want to add, guys. Um, I don't have anything on SOS, but I did want to say something about Twitter and, and, and something that I learned from you guys talking about it and the value of it, yeah. of being on Twitter and following people in the fantasy football community, especially people who are tied up into the injury side of things. And the last minute, you turn your notifications on every Sunday for that for those people too. Because I'll tell you what, they're going to tell you who's going to be in your lineup and who's not, and who's going to get them last minute injuries or benchings or suspensions. You got to keep up with so much stuff in the landscape of fantasy football. That Twitter weapon is, is ultimate. I love social media. Just I, Twitter is strictly for me. It's fantasy football all day. It's there's nothing else for me on there. Yeah, you follow those beat writers. It's amazing. Follow those beat writers that are at practices all throughout the week. Their job is to be uh, conveying this this information that they're seeing with their own eyes for each 32 team on a daily basis. And Twitter is just this 140 characters, immediate type of thing. I, I think I've said it on the show before, but I knew Bin Laden was caught and dead. Literally eight hours before it was on TV because I was on Twitter and my my next door neighbor was a Navy guy. I was walking my dog. He was walking his dog, and I go to him. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, we we got Bin Laden, and he's like, what? I'm like, we killed Bin Laden, 
And then uh, he didn't even know about it. He's like, oh, I've been watching news all night. I'm like, yeah, I, I just found out on Twitter. Next day he sees me. He's like, dude, that Twitter thing's crazy. That information didn't even... You told me about that eight hours before it was on CNN. I'm like, Twitter's legit. Let me, let me... Yeah, definitely. Twitter is... It's crazy because I could give you two words for Twitter. Tim Hightower last year, okay? Tim Hightower, before my league even knew Mark Ingram wasn't even going to be playing for the rest of the season, I already had acquired him off off the free agency board in my league. Mike Gillisley is the two, two words I'm going to say in that same exact yeah, okay. way. He won me a championship week 16 last year. I, I think this is a, a perfect uh, transition point for the next topic that we want to get into, uh, which is foreshadowing. Okay. Yep, let's do it. Nice work. Um, okay, another one of our elements that we like to talk about. Go for it, Dean. Yeah, it is foreshadowing. And, and I think that we, you know, we were just talking about Twitter. I think that this plays in perfectly because one of the things that, that I like to do uh, when trying to foreshadow who's going to get opportunities coming up is I like to look at first at the top players that are struggling, you know, or guys that were in a, in a tenuous position at the, at, uh, to hold their starting job from the beginning of the year and they've not done anything to, to improve their situation. And then I want to start, this is where you can use Twitter, start following those beat reporters and find out who are those other guys in practices that are getting elevated up. So when it's a Devontae Adams who's falling off, you want to know that it's Jeff Janis before everyone now knows who Jeff Janis is. You want to be able to, to see these guys, uh, you know, or you know, when, when everyone was talking with Jamal Charles, oh, it's going to be Niall Davis. No, everyone on the Twitter sphere knew that it was going to be Charkandrick West and it was going to be Spencer Ware that were going to be stepping into the role. Remember two years ago, Charles Johnson is a perfect story. Out of Minnesota, they had uh, Mike Wallace. Everyone's gaga. Mike Wallace is going to finally turn it around. But in the preseason and in these first games, all the talk from all the beat writers and on Twitter and all the people that are seeing practices every day for Minnesota are like, this Charles Johnson is legit. He's got a sick body. This guy's better than Mike Wallace, and he ended up not having a great season last year going. But two years ago, he was so much better than Mike Wallace. They were like, you can, you and your $72 million can go pack it. And let's say you're in a situation where you're going into your draft even this year. And so you're, I'm looking at a, a, a team like, if I'm stuck and I have to draft, I don't want to, a Baltimore Raven running back because there are so many don't of them. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. But what I want to do, though, is I want to then be at least following those beat riders up until the time of my draft to find out which of these guys is actually moving up, which of these guys is actually moving down, who I should put stock into right now, and who is like the guy that, oh, maybe it's like everyone is buying into Buck Allen, and then it's going to be like, oh, no, it's Dixon, and... and or set love, still a right. lover, uh, out to that Very end. West, right? <laughs> exactly, and he's the one that everyone's talking about now. To that end, I was in an ex- expert. Flavor of the month. Flavor of the month, right? of the mm-hmm. month exactly. But I did an expert uh, draft last Monday, uh, so six days ago, with um, Blog Talk Radio, a bunch of the other podcasts that are on that network, and uh, in, in Podvader. Uh, Jay is a, is, is a great guy, very, been very helpful to us on this show. Um, and so if you're, if you're listening to this, and you haven't checked out Blog Talk Radio, there's a number of other good shows that are available on that platform. But in that draft, there was two rounds where Forsett went, where Wes went a couple rounds later, but it was Forsett, Buck Allen, and Dixon all went in two rounds. And I mentioned on the show, I'm like, hey guys, you noticing the trend there? No one has any fucking idea who the running back is on this team. Stay away. Oh, it's lost. <laughs> yes. I'm staying away from that. that- 
the, that Mo Mo crafted Pyromaniac Mo crafted the running back by community, uh, and then we, we we took it even a step further. That's by county. That is that is that is, uh, <laughs> that is that's a county a running back clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, to go on to your foreshadowing, I think that's one of the things we've been preaching since we started doing this show. It's 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 amazing the way in life people and even in the teams you got to be able to you got to be able to look ahead and, and project something and think about something that's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. You know, you got to be able to see and take a chance. Does it always pay off? Absolutely not. But when it does, it really pays off. So think about guys on your pickups and the waiver wire. Think about a guy that you know is getting more reps in practice. You're reading on Twitter and find out from these beat writers, hey, this guy hasn't really seized the opportunity and really supplanted himself as the guy, and we're actually getting more and more targets, or maybe there's talk about them, this team trying to replace him with a trade. Start thinking about that. You know what? Pick the friggin' guy up if you got the spots now, even if he's not going to do anything for a couple weeks because there's going to be that game, he gets inserted, he goes for it, has a big game, and now everyone's on his jock and you're in the sixth spot in the waiver wire line and you can't get him. So have that foreshadowing to project and see things happen before they happen. Uh, be an innovator. Yeah, I just want to say one thing about the, the other way. Foreshadowing is such a broad term because you can use it in so many different ways. You know, especially to like one of the things that, you know, are you, and I don't do it when I'm drafting my players per se, but I start looking at it once I have my team formulated, is the bye weeks. And I want to start foreshadowing for bye weeks. So I'm maybe start looking early. Uh, you know, maybe the bye weeks are not going to happen until week seven, eight, nine, ten, right? I have time, but maybe it's week two or three. I'm already starting to look at what are the team's schedules in those weeks. Who are the players that are on the waiver wire right now that, you know what, this may be a really smart move to get because this guy's schedule is against four horrible dogs in a row and I can just line it all up and I can grab the guy now before he's going to be on anyone's radar and protect myself from those situations. Yeah, definitely, and you see they're scheduling, and they're going to be home for, you got a team that's going to be home for four straight games. What players are available out there for you to suck up on your roster that actually have a good good home road split, right? And then I look at snap percentages, too. You know, I want to know who's on the field for, if I'm drafting a running, or if I'm, sorry, not drafting, but if I'm picking up a running back or looking at somebody else's running back, is he on the field for three downs? Is he only a two down back and somebody else comes in to relieve him every other drive? I want to know who's playing in the games, who's getting the snaps, who, who can I run with? I love it. Just so you guys know, it's the Chicago Air and Water Show, so every once in a while it's going to sound like a stealth bomber or the Blue Angels are flying by. And or that's like because it is they Chirac. Are. <laughs> yeah, this is what it's, now we know in America <laughs> what it feels like to be overseas and in a terrorist country that's getting bombed by us. Um, but yeah, so if you hear that, sorry. The only way not to get that is if we recorded the show in some doomsday uh, basement on 20 feet underground, and I happen to not have one of those. Um, so one, one thing I'll say, it's Chicago, right? You come for the skyline, stay because you got murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That was one of the funniest memes I ever saw you do. You're like, Chicago, come for, come for the food, stay because you're dead. <laughs> it is crazy. Um, the one thing I'll say on that end is this year especially, and I've noticed this through mocking and through the teams that I've already drafted, Week nine, week week eight, week nine, and week ten are torrential 
for buys this week. Unbelievable. If you want to pick up, I don't know the names of the teams off the top of my head, but week nine especially. I know the Patriots are in there. Be careful not overdrafting guys in those three weeks because I drafted a team once and I looked. I'm like, all right, I, I, I lost week. I lost week at nine. I've got like eight guys that are out in week nine. So be uh, be really smart about about that. And not you know you don't want to craft your team too much heavily around buys. But this year. All the power and number fantasy teams really seem to be playing uh, in that week uh, 8, 9, 10 zone. Uh, so let me give it to you here. So week 8 on by is the Rams, the Dolphins, the Giants, Steelers, 49ers, and Ravens. So maybe that one's not. That's well, the, that's the, two, no, that's the two best wide receivers yeah, right. that week. So, okay, week 9, we got... I know it's the Patriots. Got the Cardinals, right? The yeah. Bengals. You got the Bengals, the Bears, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Redskins, and the Texans. I mean, dude, this, that, and, is, and that week nine. They're loading it up now. Remember, it used to be four teams on by. Yeah. Now they're now they're throwing all these five teams on by here, and then they, they finish off with uh, the Colts, uh, the Raiders, the Lions, and the Bills. I mean, that, that that week nine, you saw it. That's a that's a. That's all. That's a lot of the best talent out there, and that's another thing to know about when drafting Brady. It's a bummer. He's missing those first four games, but his bye week is week nine. So you will be missing if you draft Brady five games, not four. Uh, so that's just something to consider. I, I'm not going to steer you away because he still comes at a value, and when he's in there, he's a dominator. But he's missing five games for you this year because of that bye week and not four. Um, all right, yeah. Well, I think for foreshadowing, let's keep talking about a couple other kind of elements to that. I think um, it's just something to be smart. If you're looking at a uh, great Steve Jobs, second Steve Jobs reference, and, and I'm an Apple Mac guy. I like Apple computers and all their products. But he basically said that they were talking about doing a focus group for the iPod uh, before the iPod was, was released. And they are talking to me like, we need to do a focus group. And the first thing he says is, like, why would we do a focus group about something that no one's ever seen or known? We're not trying to find out what something this is this doesn't exist. We're we're doing something that's never been done. We're innovating here, so a focus group's not gonna tell me shit. So no focus group. We're releasing it. It's our it's on us. We're innovators. And here I was thinking you were just a gullible idiot. <laughs> Best story on that one, iPod, they, they come in with the final version. I'm done with uh, Apple and Steve Jobs for a minute because I know you Mac Microsoft lovers hate it when we talk about all the Apple stuff, but uh, in that same in that same situation when they were showing uh, different versions of the iPod, they came in and they said, "This is the final one. This is the smallest we can get it." He grabs it, looks at it, drops it in a fish tank that's in the corner of this meeting room, and there's bubbles coming out of it. He goes, "There's bubbles coming out of it. There's space in there. Make it smaller." <laughs> <laughs> what a dick! But that guy's such a genius. Uh, all right, sorry. No more, no more Steve Jobs blowing anymore. But foreshadowing. What else you guys? Uh, what else you guys have in, in, in that realm? Because I just think it's so important. It's so important to innovate and be a pioneer and go and do something that no one else can even think. And they're like, why the hell are you doing it? And then it pays off. Like you said, that high tower is such a great call. Everyone's going to get Spiller, and you're you're listening to that news, and you're going, you're getting high tower early. Hightower was the number one guy on championship teams last year for ESPN. Yeah, I got something innovative for you that I do. I've been doing the last couple of years, and it's called Waiver Wars. And I call it that because every Tuesday night, 
you got to set your alarm on your phone. And I don't care if you're waking up your old lady at 4 in the morning to get on there. Because if you want to stay on top of that claim order and you don't want to use your claim and you want to be able to pick up a player, you got to be up early. As soon as that transaction menu goes through, you're on there scoping the landscape and getting the best players that are still there. And then if another player becomes available, guess what? You're still on top of that waiver wire where you could pick that guy up you know and if you're playing in a league that that has a, a waiver claim that get rewards the worst team in the league have your have your commissioner change that because if you're the worst team in the league then you don't deserve to have the first waiver pick i don't care keep that thing a steady rotation as you pick and set yourself up to be available to get those players i mean i found sammy walking sitting on the waiver wire and then i'm like okay i got the first claim i'm taking him you know, we did and then, sure enough, he came through. He made another player expendable for me to trade to solidify another spot. We did that same thing in the Pyro Pro League last year. OC dropped Sammy Watkins, and he had not even scored enough stats. Where this is another thing to kind of the, the, talking about the waiver wire aspect. Make sure you're not just looking at the first page of who's available on the waiver wire. Because Sammy Watkins went out so early in the season that his stats, he was like the fourth page guy. So don't just look at the top page on your waiver wire. Go and look through the guys, because that gem, we did the same thing. Waiver wire, I'm like, dude, Sammy Watkins is available. They're like, no, he's not. I'm like, it's text. He's available. Look, page four. It's like, okay, we got him. Like, so be smart. Don't just look at that first page and think that the best waiver wire is going to be at the top, because if, you're, if they do it by fantasy points already this season or what they're projected to score next week, and that's not going to do anything for you. Foreshadow, find your guy. The other thing I think that is so important, so important, is check the transaction log of your mm. league. Yeah. You need mm. to be checking this because I... Did the, I was doing this, it was one of my routines, and last year I could not believe it. I'm going to end up lose, losing this guy because it's a crazy league where they can vote a player off of your team. But after week two last year, somebody dropped Allen Robinson. <laughs> and now this is a, um, uh, we, it's a salary league, it's a dynasty league, but it's, so it's, um, you had a bid on the guy, um, and you do have a fab of like $100 on the year. I ended up getting him for... Fourteen dollars. Oh my god! So out of a two hundred dollars salary cap, and here's the guy that ends up putting up after I grab him, then the fourteen hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns. Well, also to talk about Allen Robinson, everyone seems to be thinking, and he's going first round. So uh, you know the value's not there, but I think I'm not going to say the value's not there. He's not coming at a cheap price, but. Everyone's talking regression, regression with Bortles and Hearns and Allen Robinson. I don't know. So far in what I'm seeing with this guy, he is elite. He is going to be a top five uh, wide receiver for this league for a number of years. Allen Robinson, don't buy into the regression deal. That guy might not have as many touch the 14 touchdowns he had, but he's going to have more yards and he's having he's going to get double digit touchdowns. So don't buy into the Allen Robinson is going to come down to earth. That guy is uh, is he's doing just fine and a great pick. Yeah, especially with the running game solidified now, bringing in Chris Ivory to pair up with T.J. Yeldon, going to set up more play action. Blake Bortles should be able to have a field day with Allen Robertson this year. And and where do they play? They play in the AFC South. Who plays defense there? Yeah, and it's nice weather. One well, and the best part is they're the defense that's getting the strongest out of all the teams in that division right now, too. Exactly. So he's practicing against a tough defense. So, P.K. Ripper, to let's go back to that whole thing on setting your alarm for 4 in the morning for the waiver yeah. wire. You're like, yeah, you got to get on that at 4 in the morning. Is it okay to, to wake your wife up at 4 o'clock and get on that? I've been putting it down plenty of times because of that. But I learned to sleep with the earbuds in my ear. 
And it helps, too, that I work on the third shift, too. I like to work nights, so I'm up before everybody, and I'm on it. I got my cup of joe in my hand, and I'm on the computer before I'm passing out. But I'll tell you what, the, what Houdini was saying about watching that transaction log, and the bye weeks come in, and people are dumping guys off their rosters and to fill in spots for buys. Guess what? You're right there on that log. You're watching who they're dumping off. You can reach out and grab them faster than anybody if you're just paying attention. Yeah, that's a great call. And one thing, in that, if you're in a league that has a premium or a set number of uh, uh, of um, ads and picks up pickups you yeah. can do, one thing I did last year is I caught a guy who went over. I think it's actually this league. You get 10 per year. And someone last year... It felt like he had done too many, and he made a pickup, and it was a player that I wanted. And I screw it. You got to, to be the best. You got to beat the best. And I l- looked at the transactions and counted up how many he had done. And I go, Hey, bro, that was your eleventh pickup. You don't get him. I'm taking him. <laughs> Boom. What up? So you know, just be be on top of it. Don't always just worry about your own team. There's certain situations with rules. Uh, kind of be omniscient about what everyone's doing. I think that your uh, transaction list uh, helps that end for sure. The other thing I, w- I want to throw one last point in, unless we're I think we're getting close to the end of foreshadowing. Yeah. Here. But another foreshadowing thing that I like to do is if I like to look at the teams. Um, once the draft starts, once that we're through two weeks of the season or so, and the teams that I think are bad teams, and say, all right, I want to target this player on this team. And I'm not going to wait until they're 0-4 or 0-5. I'm going to just start chatting to them early about the player that I want and planting and foreshadowing those seeds, planting those seeds of the players that I'm trying to get and really just laying some groundwork and getting this guy thinking about it and then floating some other guys that maybe I know have early, easy strength to schedule and like I'm really gonna you're really gonna set the brew. So that I'm kinda combining foreshadowing into the into the trade yeah. aspect here. But I think it's really important if you're doing that and you can you know early onset say, you know what, this guy's team sucks but he's got Julio Jones. I'm gonna have Julio Jones. He gonna be on my team yeah. by the time it's done. Now I'm gonna here's I'm gonna start Spinning the web of how I'm going to get there. You and, need players, bro. Right. You're, you're, Julio ain't going to win you a championship by yourself. And, and then even in some of your pickups, be like, know that there's a player that maybe he wants, and you're going just after the guys that he would want, yep. and stealing these guys so now you have more stuff in the cupboard to give him to get the thing that you want. Absolutely. One thing I'll say on the uh, on the waiver wire and transaction that I think uh, you kind of touched on a little bit, PK, and I think it's important. Don't just start picking up guys when you have, when you're in the in the lead spot, or even when you're not. Let's say you've got you're in a 12 man league and you're even you haven't made a pickup for a couple weeks, and now you're in the four or five spot on the waiver wire list. Be careful not to just pick up guys to pick up guys uh, because. What that happens is you move yourself down the list. Mm-hmm. So it's in a, it's a good it's a good way to go to like kind of in those middle in those eight eight to twelve weeks. Sometimes chill out a little bit on the pickups and be there so you're in the number one slot down the stretch to get that t- Tim Hightower to get that one of those uh, one of those players uh, down there. So just be smart. Just don't be picking up. Oh, I'm number one. So who am I taking this week? No matter what, because you'll be number one if you don't take anyone this week. Or there's nothing worth losing that number one spot, you got number one next week, and lo and behold, who knows what could happen, and some, there could be a gem that following. I'm laughing because that's a great point, because I don't play in any leagues that use the waiver wire, and when I've been in a league that has I never understood how it worked. I'm like, 
why am I this or why am I all of a sudden number seven or <laughs> wait I gotta put in a claim claim B claim C and you're like you gotta do this math if I take this guy and he's gone then I won't I'll get bumped back for this guy so hold on let me make this the most exactly. important one it, it, it is kind of a pain in the ass but I agree with PK that it's better doing that than having it be like your team sucks let's help the let's help this idiot make his team better because he sucks yeah, exactly. Why 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 reward somebody like yeah. that? You know, especially other players who are on your league who are who are striving to do good things, and you got the guy who's just a jackass who doesn't know how to set a lineup or whatever, or doesn't even know how to do anything. Yeah, don't 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 punish don't punish performance. Exactly. Dream killer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think uh, if you come up with any foreshadowing or elements or whatever, feel free to uh, throw them in as we move forward. But I think uh, that's an important thing that we've been preaching for years and uh, super important. So be that guy that, that thinks and, and into the future and makes things happen. All right, um, so one of the things, you know, this is going to be maybe self-promoting, uh, but one of the things that you got to do on a week-to-week basis is uh, go, to, go to our site and use our uh, player rankings. Take a look at those things. We've done very well. Um, I think last year uh, for our, the Fantasy Pros, we were excited to find out last uh, a week ago that um, our pre-draft uh, rankings last year for the Fantasy Pro pre-draft uh, accuracy competition, we finished uh, 13th out of, uh, I think, 165 expert sites. Uh, we beat all the big guys. Barry was down low. We, we, we smoked Carabell. We smoked the, uh, the guy, Jamie Eisenberg, from CB, uh, CBS. Or whatever. We, were, we were beating all the big names out there, and that's not to say we don't respect and we, 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 they do great things, but our collective and our team effort, our mind share, me, Stag Party, Pyromaniac, Mo, and Houdini, um, we kind of do our player rankings, and then we kind of take the average of those uh, and that's our pyro collective, uh, and we do that on a preseason and a week to ba- week to week basis. All that stuff's in the draft kit. But check out our player rankings. Um, often we're one of the experts that you can get uh, and look at on Fantasy Pros. That's a great tool to use out there. That experts uh, across all the different uh, great sites out there are a part of the experts list on their panel, and you could put head to head and say, Hey, I want to look at Pyro's rankings uh, and how they have it versus Matt Hart. Rankings or TJ Hernandez, and uh, it's a really cool tool. So in season, be looking at those rankings for a number of things. Looking for trends. Don't just be reading about your players that you already know you're going to be loving and starting, but reading the trends, seeing where if there's a guy, and this is one of the things that I did very successfully last year for DFS uh, on DraftKings and um, on FanDuel is when I saw a player in our player rankings by Dogmatica or by our Pyro Collective. That was just like in top 20 or top 30, and it was like this no-namer dude that like is never going to be that high. I'm I'm picking that guy. He's a bargain and a half on FanDuel. I'm picking that guy just just because I know I'm going to be able to get him for a cheap cost. We're seeing things that tell you that we think the matchups there for him, the opportunities there for him this week. So use those player rankings 
for a myriad of different reasons, not just your own team, but finding some gems that might be available on the waiver wire, using them for DFS, and I think it's a really important. And, and Fantasy Pros is a great resource. Our website, pyromaniac.com forward slash player rankings, is a great uh, one as well. I, I think, you know, you mentioned the DFS, but I think this is more about like strategy and everything for in-season management of your team. That is so key. If you see a guy like that really high in our rankings, think of it this way. What do we talk about? The guys that people have blow up and they're like, oh, I want to get a piece of that guy. If you draft this guy and pick him up before he blows up, then he blows up, and then you can turn this waiver wire pickup into grabbing a guy that is a steady point producer on a week-to-week basis. Absolutely. Uh, I'm thinking Victor Cruz, when he, uh, five years ago, was one of those opportunities. Picked him up, started lighting it up, traded him, and he was still good, but it was like, Pick up, turn, parlayed it into something great. You want to know what else is great? Bellbirds! Can I finish my story, please? Yes, you can. Uh, all right, that's the first, first beer of the day. Miller Lite, a fine Pilsner. Don't, don't have any of my IPA heavies, but it's a fine I'm, beer. I'm stuck drinking the same one, too, so I'll have another Bellbirds! Game on, bitch. <laughs> Sunday fun day in the mix. Uh, just wanted to give you a little shout out, PK, and uh, we're psyched as hell to have you on. Um, Stag party's out this week. He's actually uh, doing a boat party with his uh, his buddies, and they all brought their girlfriends up. on a motherfucking boat. Yeah, I'm on a boat, so he's out. And hose. <laughs> <laughs> so right when I was sitting there, I was like, you know what? Me and Houdini always have a good time doing it, but you know what? Let's get E.K. Ripper on there. He's always got some funny anecdotal stuff, and I think uh, you're the kind of baller that does uh, great work in season uh, throughout your different leagues. So I'm excited that you said yes, you could do the show. Uh, I know you got a family, and the Sundays are important family days, so we respect that and appreciate that, and that extends also to us thanking you for all the hard work you're doing and then all the help you're, you're providing. Uh, you, you started as a fan, and you've moved up into, into uh, being one of, our, one of our main cohorts. And and Roger has something to say to you. I am about to tell you something that'll change the face of history. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it, you know, and um, I appreciate everything Pyro, too. You guys are awesome. You've been more than welcoming to me. And, you know, I'm glad. I'm just appreciative that I can help, too, because... I love you guys, man. You guys are rock. I mean, since I found you guys, I've been having tons of fun starting from, from memeing you up and following everything that you do to being able to assist you with the draft kit to be able to help with new speeds is, is awesome. And even talking to some of the guys behind the scenes, the archer, me and him have conversations about IDP and stuff. I love the fact that you guys got the IDP stuff opening up now. Yeah. I think once people take to notice, because I'm in a lot of IDP leagues too, so I and he's dead on with his stuff too. So I, I think this is so, it's so great. It's, it's I'm just happy to be here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you know what though, but it, 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 you say it all right there. We always talk about it. Fantasy supposed to be fun, but you want to know what? Fantasy is a hell of a lot more fun when you're winning. It's true. It is <laughs> yeah, true, man. Oh yeah, no doubt. There's a difference between getting a nice piece of ass and getting a real nice piece of ass. And uh, fantasy and winning is a real nice piece of ass. The dime on your shoulder. So, good times. Again, hats off to you. And yeah, to mention the archer, he is uh, a badass since we brought him on about five months ago. He was just bringing our analytical kind of uh, our, uh, skill set to such a high level and uh, we're releasing uh, this season uh, the heat, Pyro Heat Index 
which is just going to be a game changer for our website and a game changer for you and your teams and being able to notice trends. And uh, it's kind of our going to be our formula, the pyro formula of uh, how to how to project and, and have awesome guys. So um, exciting stuff. So I just want to, you know, the final thing on the rankings. The rankings are uh, are amazing. We come out with them pretty early. Uh, what by Tuesday or they're out? Or well, Wednesday? yeah, we'll, we'll have them out Tuesday and Wednesday, and we're gonna have our Pyro Collective version and Stag Party is gonna be doing his individual ones. Dogmatica was doing them last year, but as you guys know, he's kind of uh, working on some other stuff and focusing on his job and his band. So we're kind of that's one of the reasons why we did this hot Pyro yeah. Heat Index. And Stag Party is gonna kind of take over and do his individual uh, rankings as well. So. But I, I will tell you this too: it's it's still one of those things that you always want to. It's a, it's a fluid document, so you need to be checking it, not just checking yeah. it on Friday and setting your lineup and forgetting it. You need to be rechecking because things happen. We move guys up and down uh, as different news comes about because uh, we're keeping our, our, our ear to the, to, the, to the street and we're, we're hearing exactly what's going on, and there are last-minute moves. Now, um, you know, it's, that's why it's just important. Last minute meaning like literally an hour before the right. game starts, you'll get some information that, oh uh, shit, Carlos Williams banged up. He's, he ate too many Oreos last night. It looks like it could be a Gillisley getting a ton of carries. Well, you know that he's no longer on the Bills, too. They released him. Oh, you, you did? Didn't, no, I didn't know that. Williams was released by the Bills, yes. They said, you check your news feed. I yeah, know, oh, buddy, where are you at? I, I told you, I'm in a Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. I reckon we're walking out hungover, missing once, news. Once we're done with this, I'm going to go check out Fantasy World. And didn't Dion Lewis also get hurt? He's Dion surgery. Lewis is going to have a second surgery, that's right. Boom. There goes James White, right? Dude, I, I can't believe that they dropped Carlos Williams. They, they must, he must be a locker room nuisance. Well, you got to remember, he's suspended for the first four games of the season, too. He's yeah. out of shape. But somebody's going to pick him up. Oh, he's yeah. Talent. What, he had nine touchdowns last year? Somebody's going to grab him. He's a man-child, yeah, for sure. Someone's going to grab him. This is probably one of those uh, Chris Carter kind of, wake up, buddy. You're either out of this league or you're gonna, you are you got to pull it together and be a badass. So, wow, that's crazy. Sorry I didn't know that. I do got to read my news feeds. Um, you got a you got a soundbite or something over there? Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. So then check out you know not just to be self-absorbed, but those play, those player rankings when we change them and move them around like Houdini was referring to. If you're an Empire Pro member uh, in your timeline dashboard, uh, that player actually moves to the top of your dashboard, so you can see the guys that you're following. If we move a Cam Newton down from number two or something to number seven, you'll see that he'll rise to the top of your news, uh, dashboard timeline. You'll know, uh oh, one of my guys just got bumped down. Let me let me look into the deeper why this is going on. So check that thing out. Player rankings, a huge in-season thing to be doing for a myriad of reasons. So. Um, Let's go on to the next one, and uh, I think it's it's something great. I'm excited to mention another uh, another dude, one of the Archers Archers boys uh, from Kansas. He, he we just brought him on this week. I don't even know if I've talked to you about this Houdini, but we brought on a new fella, Kenny, and he's actually in school to become a doctor. Oh and, really? Maybe I can hire him for my other job too. I have another guy that I just hired that uh, went through medical school and uh, now wants to do medical sales instead of. Hey, maybe, uh, maybe he's, he's going and he's doing all this uh, the school and stuff to become a doctor. And uh, Archer brought to my attention that he loves fantasy football. You know, he loves our site and our product. And basically, what he's going to be doing for us this season on um, I think Saturdays is when we're going to do it. We're going to have the Saturday injury report. 
So he's going to be, we're going to have a doctor going and doing and checking out all these injury reports, checking out what's going on. Give us the insight uh, to that end. Don't you die on me, you bastard. You've never given up on anything before. Fight, damn you, fight. <laughs> the doctor's in the house. So that's going to be exciting. But look, the reason why I bring that up is stay on top of the injuries. Stay on top of, uh, you know, the, the, the practicing reports. You know, you can find out if a guy's practiced or not every day. You know, if a guy misses uh, Wednesday and Thursday, that can be bad. But, you know, sometimes people are just ready to play on Sunday. Now, if a guy misses practice on Friday, that's something important. If you're missing a game, if you're missing practice on the last day of the week, especially because that's a walkthrough. Yeah, that's that's kind of like if you're missing it. The odds are doesn't mean you can't play. Doesn't mean that a vet you know isn't getting some rest and they're not worried about a practice guy who's gonna be a gamer on Sunday. But certain players be cognizant of the non-Friday practice. This is also an important thing when you've got a guy who is dealing with an injury that is a day-to-day injury or a week-to-week injury where you. It's always like 50-50, he's questionable every week. You need to, in your in-season management, be addressing your depth at that position in your waiver wire pickups. Don't get in a situation where it's like, oh, if he doesn't play and he's playing on Monday night or on Sunday night, I'm screwed, you know. Or if he's playing on Sunday night and there's a player that you can grab available on the wire for Monday night, grab that player so that way then you can hold him confidently and know that, if he doesn't play, I can bench him and start my Monday night player. Yeah, no doubt. Mr. Monday night himself is right here. I'll tell you what, that's one of the things that I always do, bro. I always keep in my pocket a Monday night play. It's the best thing in fantasy. Is If I'm down or if I'm close, I still have that one play to go. I will, I will bench somebody else just to make sure I have that Monday night play ready to go if I, if I see it getting tight to the wire, just so I have that last crack chance. Two years ago, Kelvin Benjamin catches me two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, burned a burned a hole in the seat of my pants and my couch is on fire. I'm jumping up and down, fucking screaming. My wife is like, what's wrong with you? I'm trying to sleep. I'm like, yo, I just won because Calvin Benjamin plus two touchdowns in the last two minutes of the game. I was like, what? This, uh, Justin Forrest said coming through. I got guys. Mr. Monday Night right here, Rob Van Dam. If you know about wrestling, you know about that. But I'll tell you what, I, I always keep that Monday Night play in the pocket because, man, you never know when it's going to come to you. <laughs> I agree with that wholeheartedly. Have those guys up, especially because, and this is an inside ma- um, in-season management thing as well, be smart enough to know it's always good to have some of the guys that are West Coast players that usually have those afternoon games because it's nice to have some of those players. If one of your dudes gets uh, you know kind of announced that he's inactive at 11.30 right before the game, it's nice to be able to have guys that go and play that second half if you're in a league where you're able to, which most of them you can, you're able to insert a dude after the 12, after all the games have started. So yeah, I, I do that a lot. I've done that a lot of times over the, uh, the past few years with a guy like I just stash around a, a Danny Woodhead who's playing in the, you know, in the California, and he's always in these afternoon late games, and you can just have him in your back pocket, and something low and behold happens over here, or to your flex guy, it's like, all right, Danny, you're my, you're my, you're my insurance blanket. I'm throwing you in. Let's hopefully do your thing today. I, I was one of those guys last year. I had, like, I had like C.J. Anderson. I had Latavius Murray. I had um, had another West Coast receiver. I had, uh, I can't remember who. Crabtree was, was a guy. That oh, I had, Man- I had Emmanuel Sanders last year still. I had, um, and I had, uh, uh, oh, I had Thomas Rawls. So I had all these guys. 
on, on these West Coast teams. And what was crazy is that it's also one of those ones where as long as you got good players, and these are on, like, if you got the guys, like, they're playing on Sunday night, or they're playing on Monday night, or the afternoon games. The other team I'm playing against is eight of their nine players go in the first games. I and love, they put I up, like, no points, that. and you're like, I'm only down by 25 points, and I still have five plays yeah. to go. And Thank you very much. Yeah, and he's got 120 minutes total yes. left in his <laughs> fantasy football week. Yeah, Rawls is the guy that that happened when last minute they announced I didn't have Beast Mode, but I had Rawls in a couple of leagues. We had it in our Pyro Pro League, but um, they announced Beast Mode wasn't going to They thought he was going to play. They thought he was going to play. They announced right before the game, which is friggin', it was after, you know, which is probably like one thirty or something, 2.30, and uh, boom, plug and play, Rawls is in the mix, uh, starting, and I'm pretty sure that's the game that he had 200 yards. Uh, so if you didn't, if you're not staying on top of it, you don't have that kind of wherewithal and the whole thing that you mentioned earlier with the set it and forget it, don't be that guy because there's a lot of opportunity awaiting for guys that kind of want to tough it out but last second get uh, announced as inactive or just aren't get, getting the ball or re-injured their, uh, their issue pretty quickly. Um, you got anything else, uh, P.K. Ripper, on uh, injuries? On injuries, um, I mean, as, as far as finding out about injuries, um, we pretty much covered where you could find it. But um, what I'm, uh, another thing I wanted to touch on, maybe not so much injuries, but um, Houdini puts out a piece like after the, the first set of games pretty much where there's guys available for your waiver claim, okay? And if you've got a guy on your roster who, who looks like in the second half of games or in the night games, who looks like he's not going to be ready to go. And if you look at that, sometimes you'll find something right there that you could pick up before he's even on a claim. You could just pick him up via free agent and then put him on your roster and go with it. You know, it's a, just another thing Pyro does. I mean, it's it's crazy how intense it is, and you find this stuff. And, and I love that that you do that with you. Well, I, I appreciate it, and, it, and it's, it's my Sunday ritual is – I and this is where it was. It was kind of tough last year because I had the afternoon plays. A lot of times I've had the team like everyone plays, and I got no one until the prime time games. So um, I will, will sit at home. I got my Direct TV. We got the big screen with the picture in picture. Where I got the red zone on one. I got the bear game on the other. And then I got a second television that I bring out from the second room because I got the Direct TV genie, so I can have it anywhere I want. And then I have, like, I'm scrolling through whatever games I want with my computer open, with all my games going on. It's like, it is, it is an absolute fantasy center. And then once it gets to the afternoon games, I wait until, I don't start writing it until the second half of the afternoon games. Because you have that overlap where some of the games are going long and they're going into, like, the whole first quarter of the other game. So once that first game in the afternoon, because the afternoon... Thank you, Roger Goodell and NFL. You still screw us over. I'm only getting a lot of times two games, three games, if I'm lucky, four. But never am I ever getting a six, seven-game afternoon slate, which would just be amazing. They should they should have a new rule. First of all, they, we should call it DirecTV Houdini and his DirecTV Genie. That's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what we're going to be calling oh, it. My wife hates the direct TV. Oh, we've, been having, we've been having issues. Honey, it's time for you to, time for you I to told go shopping. I said, I said, I said, I tell you what. You just got to deal with me through football season. We can talk about it afterward because I moved and I got a good deal too. So I'm only paying like 25 bucks a month for the direct Just TV. lie to her and tell her, honey, it's DirecTV or RCN. We don't have, they don't offer, they don't offer AT&T uh, or U-verse. Right, right. Which um, 
But one thing I was gonna um, gonna mention on, on on that whole thing is is uh, I forgot what I was gonna be. I was so excited about the, I was so excited <laughs> about, about the, the Houdini, about the Houdini genie. The Houdini uh, genie is yeah. good. I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Directv is pretty amazing. And uh, you know, in season, here's another thing. I'll just drop out while we're giving the Directv plug. If you've got the Game Pass, you get uh, if you've got the the Sunday ticket, you can get the Game Pass. You can get the NFL Rewind, which is another way in season where you can go back and review all the all the games, all the plays. They've got quick plays, so they remove all the kind of talk in between it's the play, huddle. Play, 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 it's play, just play, 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 play. So you can be you can be video and doing the eye test on games in 20 minutes, 25 minutes, seeing every play. So while some weeks I don't find the time to do it, when I do have the time and I'm sitting around, I'm trying to see as many of those games to get every play going. And uh, reason it's a good reason to get that uh, Sunday pass, which now, just so in case you know, let's say you already have cable, you've already got Xfinity, whatever cable company you're using, now DirecTV is allowing you to buy it for online version. So you can you don't have to have DirecTV to buy the game uh, Sunday ticket now. It's the first year they're doing it. So get yourself an Apple TV or one of those Chromecasts or whatever. Whatever you need, buy it. You get it on your computer. You got DirecTV now. It's so important, too. So if you're, if you're looking at guys that you're trying to like, think that you want to trade for, watch the 30 minutes, yeah. and you got the whole game film. You can see exactly what the guy's doing. Yeah, it's, it's big. I love the Game Pass. It's pretty sweet. Um, the Game Pass is crazy. I mean, you can just key on one player and watch him run the whole game. Right? Isn't it? Isn't that? It's pretty awesome. That it's is a, cool. It's the next. It's the next gen. It's, it's the future. It's, it's the future of football. <laughs> um, one thing I think we should uh, make sure that happens, though, I, I just remember what I was going to say. Goodell, when you were giving him the oh, yes. FU on these uh, late games, if you can't have a quad box, yeah. if Johnson can't go to the quad box, then then Goodell should lose his job. How there about, should be at least four second. You can't go quad box, you're doing something wrong. That's how about, how about when Ears Siciliano... Yeah. Has to go to the, the big screen and go. Here are the eight games. There are actually ten games that are going on, but I can't show you two of them because we don't have enough room on the screen. And then because those should be afternoon games. And then two hours later, he's like, "Here are the two games we have. We should have had two from the previous one because we shouldn't show." And what they normally say is, "Well, we like, pr- like to say you never have to watch any commercials while you're here." Well, let me just recap what's going on that happened in the earlier games because we got commercials here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And why isn't the NFL hip to this? I have no idea. Because they don't care. Scheduling, do you know why? You have as many afternoon games as you do the early noon games. They don't care, PK. This is this is it's sad but true. The owners and, and, and Goodell, they like where all their stuff is. They really did, it, it's it's not a concern of theirs. They they just don't it, they don't care. They don't care about the consumer. They, they give you... They don't care players. about their players. No, they don't care about anything. They care about the money. It's and You know, the crazy thing, did you hear the story this week about how they nixed Mike Tirico? So basically, Tirico left ESPN. He used to do the, the Sunday Night Football with... Uh, Monday Night Football. With Monday Night Football Monday night, yeah. with Gruden. Um, and basically went over to NBC uh, to do the Olympics and do a number of theirs and be one of their main guys. One of the first things they were planning on having him do is do the Thursday Night Football. And then the NFL Good Allen Company nixed it, and they said they still want. And I think it was Al Michaels was like, you know what? I don't want to have to do two of these primetime games a week. I'm fucking get as old as dirt. I'm, I'm getting older. I don't want to be traveling. And he said he said he didn't want to do it. 
the NFL is like, no, we want to have that consistency from Sunday night to Tuesday night. And they basically, Tariqo, one of the most respected voices in sports, they said, yeah. he's not allowed to do it. Unreal. Fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you. Jesus Christ. Stop micromanaging and just figure out a way to get these guys paid. If I was an NFL player versus the salaries that do these NBA guys, guaranteed money, it's, it's weird. The NFL is just, they're, they're, running, they're, they're doing something interesting. Are you kidding me? This is gruesome. <laughs> and the owners love it. The owners love this guy because all he's doing is giving them all the power. And all the money. Like, absolutely. They love him. One of the things that, that I like to, that we all kind of like to, is just know the depth charts. Know the know guys that aren't starters yet. This is kind of maybe going into the foreshadowing spot a little bit. But know the guys that aren't starters yet. If, they're, if teams change in their power and numbers and their ability to fantasy, score fantasy points, uh, know these guys that aren't starters because you can maybe grab them off the waiver wire, grab them as pickups uh, early, and uh, store, them, store them for your better use when they kind of an injury maybe comes up, and now all of a sudden, boom, one slot, your wide receiver two now on a, on a team that's, that's throwing the ball. Yeah, you know what? I think this is a huge point, and I think it really does go into foreshadowing, and I really want to uh, correlate it to rookies because for rookies, it has a, a bigger impact than anything else in, in, the, in the sense of this. Outside of Ezekiel Elliott, maybe Derrick Henry at the running back position, is there another running back that you see that is going to be, you know, there may be one or two that may be worthy of another draft pick in You're your draft? About rookies? Yeah. I like Devonta Booker. And Devonta Booker. Yes. But that, that may be worthy of a draft pick in your draft. But the rest of these guys, um, running backs maybe not as much so because sometimes they'll get a, a, an earlier chance, but definitely these wide receivers. So outside of Corey Coleman, outside of Laquan Treadwell, Sterling Shepard. Boyd. But Boyd is even further down the list. Like people are drafting other guys before him too. Yeah. Doxson and all these guys. And even guys like Doxson and stuff, he's not had a very good start to his camp. Yeah, he's been and in the walking boot. So with him... Don't draft him because whoever drafts him is going to end up after watching after five weeks and he's doing nothing. He's going to, they're going to drop him. So the, the focus thing for rookies is, um, and again, active knowledge of guys that aren't playing yet, is that a lot of these guys, especially ones that were dealing with injuries in camp, whether it be a hamstring, whatever, if they were kept out of uh, four, five, six practices, they are so far behind in the playbook, they are not ready to take a very active role in the offense in the first four weeks of the season. So they usually start making their bigger impact on week six, seven, eight, nine. After they've been in practice, have now shown it in practice week after week after week that they're understanding, that they're not confused, that they know the playbook, you know, because yep. they, they don't get a lot of opportunities. So when you draft these guys, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. Pay attention on the waiver wire because these guys will get dropped in the first, usually about weeks, in weeks three, four, and five. And then they, they pay dividends two weeks later. That happened to me last year with Javarius Buck Allen. I was high on him all offseason. We all were. We all liked Buck. And I got him late as a steal. And I was like, I knew I was just going to store him. Something was going to happen. He was going to be that pass catcher like Forte was for Tressman the year before. And I did just that. I saw, I think I saw, it might have even been, I forget who it was. I saw someone on the waiver wire and I dumped Buck Allen for him, and then literally within a week or two after that, Buck starts getting the opportunities. Buck starts playing. I'm like, 
dude, you knew this. Was, I knew this was going to happen, but it didn't really start happening like week eight or week nine for him. And I had already dumped him. So great point. But think about, think about your mentality, though, right? Your mentality as the guy that's holding on to him. You're also now basically having just having a, an empty spot that you're holding on your roster for when it happens. So you're almost at a point where you have to drop him. Whereas if you're playing and not, and not worrying about those rookies and saying, I'm going to just wait until they start dropping them, because you're playing with a full roster and you're like, you know what, I've been able to manipulate and have more freedom because I'm not locking up a one or potentially two roster spots because I'm the smart guy that's in all the dynasty leagues and I'm drafting these rookies knowing that they're going to do something eventually. Yeah. And you're hurting your team in the in the process. One guy I'm going to mention, and I'll let you mention his PK, just because I have it on the top of my head, is Tyler Higby, uh, tight end for the Rams. I'm liking this guy. He's a guy that's not going to isn't going drafted, but keep. If you're in a dynasty league, if you're in a deeper league, there's something about this guy. Seeing him play and seeing that big body, and it, it, he was getting tougher with targets. Keep your eye on Tyler Higby, tight end for the Los Angeles Rams. PK, what's up? Yeah, definitely. I like the Higby play right there. I think um, if you've been watching them during the preseason or you've been watching the hard knocks, you start to see them with a lot of two tight end sets with Kendricks on the other side too. So, And they like to run the rock. So they need the tight ends in there to block. So it's going to give you snap percentage and opportunity, you know, to, yep. to score a lot. But as far as drafting rookies, I kind of tend to steer away from rookies unless it's like somebody who's like looks like like hot butter on cornbread. You know what I mean? Like an Ezekiel Elliott. But then again, I'm not going to reach that high for that guy. I'm not going to be the guy who last year who actually benefited who took Todd Gurley in the first round. You know what I mean? I just don't. I'll, I'll wait around and I'll see what he does first. You know, because otherwise you get stuck with the Bishop Sankeys of the world. Yes, you know indeed. Yes, indeed. It sounds like uh, in the background you got a storm over there. It sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah. sounds like we're being yeah. getting the riders on the storm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Damn. It's like me at night and I'm Uber and I'm like Bob Seeger, man. You know. Oh, uh, night moves. Bob Seeger. Love that guy. Detroit in the house. <laughs> I'd like to thank vaginas everywhere. They're creepy and I don't know what they're for, but boy, are they funny. <laughs> God bless the dinos. Um, yeah, and you know, okay. just when it comes to this, uh, knowing the, the depth charts, knowing the other guys, like, know the coaches that pull, pull the cord quickly, who are coaches that are always trying to massage and move around their, their lineups and change their depth chart and give people opportunities um, because those players can get affected. And people that, people that sour early on a player that's um, underperforming, that opens uh, another opportunity for one of these other guys that might be you know, a little bit lower on the depth chart. So well, I mean, be, be aware of this stuff. Look at the reason why, why Tennessee was like, see you later, Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, certain coaches also are like, I don't care what kind of talent you have, if you don't show it in practice, you're not going to play. Or you're not going to play for the first two series or something like that. And they also said that basically there was a long ball that they went on and he got out of his break really slow and lazy, DGB, and I think that just drove him nuts. They were like, he, not even just practice. Yeah. He wasn't even given the effort in the, in the game. Go beat. Yeah, he's just, not, I, I believe he's just not committed. I mean, it goes back to Missouri. You know, he's had off-field issues. And you bring a guy like that. Yeah, he has great talent. But you see guys with plenty of talent come into the league, and they're just wasting it. They, they come in. You got the Mantels. You got Gordon, who's going to be given an opportunity to be able to redeem himself this year. Again, let's hope that it happens. But as far as, um, as, far as like with, 
with knowing team tendencies. Um, Stags puts out the know the staff. Bro, you read that, you're going to find out that Mike Malarkey loves to run the ball. And, and a guy like Beckham is not committed to, to run blocking. Yeah, they have such so, a depth. They have such a depth chart there too. I mentioned on the podcast last week uh, with with Stag Party uh, and you uh, just the, the amount of wide receivers they had on that team, and they even having now they've got uh, Andre Johnson's in the mix. They've got so many guys. Hunter's still in the mix. He was on Rashard the ball. Rashard Matthews, bro. Yeah, Rashard Matthews. That's just my signed. guy there. Yeah, I think I think you're right there, PK. I I, I, I like I like Matthews a lot. From the eye tests that I've seen on him, yeah. he just needs to be able to be a little bit stronger to be able to do it on a consistent basis. That's that's what he needs to be able to. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah, I think a few uh, Kendall Wright will have a few boom. Uh, boom uh, he's a boom and bust guy, but I think in best ball, Kendall Wright will have a couple huge games this year. Um, all right, so that's just something to keep an eye on. Know the guys that are playing, which guys aren't. Um, Hot hand coaches, you know, like I like your uh, your your example of Malarkey running the ball. Just no no situation. John, John Fox is a hot hand coach. If if, mm-hmm. if uh, Langford's struggling and all of a sudden they bring in Howard um, or it's Kadeem Carey or whoever, he'll give whoever whoever's going hot is going to get the ball. Let's be honest though, Langford looked a lot looked looked, a, looked pretty good the other day. Good. He actually looked like he could break a tackle. He, he still got that speed and those jukes. The, the only worry, it's the fastest running back out of the class last year. The only worry about him is he, he, was, he was getting knocked over by anybody, that, the smallest guy touching him. So if he can show some of that power and continue going, uh, no matter what Fox's tendencies are, he's going to play himself into more targets and uh, carries. And that's that's the only fear we have about him right well, now. Well, and, and the thing that the only thing you have to worry about him, he's one of those guys that could also be a hot start guy that you might want to think about trading because. Jordan Howard is a rookie, so by the time Jordan Howard is really finally going to be comfortable in this offense, is probably and you can tell by the fact that they're not playing him. I think I think uh, Langford played in like was it ninety percent of the snaps with the with all the starters, and uh, so Howard didn't like play. He wasn't playing with the first team, so Langford. So they're not even showing you at the beginning that they're going to show a mixed backfield. They're actually showing you it's Langford's backfield right now. Well, yeah, it's good to know because I've been staying away and he's been moving down my tears. Every, he just, he won't be able to take it over the, over the course of the, of the season, so that's why he can start hot and then you know Howard will start eating into him probably around week seven. Huh. What do you got? You got any uh, off the top of your head? You got any uh, PK Ripper in season type of things that, uh, that you like to kind of um, do on a season-to-season basis? Yeah, I'm um, I'm trading so much, bro. I'm really, uh, I'm that guy. I'm that guy who's, who's I want to trade. I want to trade every week. But it's only, it's only worth it if it, if it makes sense to me. You know, I'm not going to trade just to trade. But if it makes sense to me, I will trade. So are you in leagues with uh, guys that you know? Or are you in, like, public leagues? Oh, yeah. I'm in, I'm in a couple leagues with, with a bunch of friends for years. And then I'm in a league with, with um, guys from my barber shop. I commissioned that league, actually. And um, I, I know a lot of people. So, I mean, I kind of keep tabs on what they're going through as far as the way they look at their teams, you know. And I know their tendencies more. And you I guys- don't like to go into a lot of newer leagues. I like to play with the same people. No, it's cool. So you know you guys in your league. So you're able, you guys have that communication. So trades can be more prevalent. You know, it, it's one of those things where, 
you know, D-Rex and I know for sure, and I'm, I'm sure you two, PK, I, I don't know how long when you first started playing fantasy, but we played back in the day when it was before email. <laughs> so for sure. if you wanted to get a trade done, you had to call the person on their landline at their house. <laughs> their rotary phone? Yeah. <laughs> I had a rotary dial. Uh, or the or the the old phone that looked like the rotary phone, but they just replaced the rotary with the with the punch pad uh, on it <laughs> before you actually had the actual real uh, uh, hand like uh, one that looked like a like the current one that goes over your whole ear. Hilarious! Hilarious! In the bag. And you would have to ask the guy who was on their team, right? Because you right. there wasn't like a website no. you park it. Like, hey, bro, I've got your drafts here, but I have no idea who you picked up or anything. Who's your team? Let's let's do a trade, okay? I've got these twelve. You're like writing down his team, like, okay, I'll get back. I'll give you a call. Just be home by the computer tomorrow at between four and six, and I'll call you then. By the computer, no, by the phone. No, by your phone. Yeah. <laughs> be, by, be by your phone. And then let me call the you commissioner. Call, I don't want to, have to leave a voicemail. And let me call the commissioner then because he has to verify that <laughs> these are actually the, the valid players on each team. I think that's why kids and people used to hang around, hang out a lot more. Now everyone's just a robot. You can like be hanging out with someone via text and you don't have to really go. But back in the day, you had to be like, all right, I'll meet you at the park tomorrow at 4. If anything changes, make sure you call me, dipshit. And have a Valverde. Fun from far away, but really scary up close. <laughs> what are the sound bites? Uh, give us a little lowdown on what we got here today. It's American Dad, and it's Roger. Roger, that's the alien guy? That's the alien I love it. Um, Roger, Roger. So cool. <laughs> Got you, you sneaky little bastard. <laughs> All right, let's talk about um, another component that I really keep an eye on um, for my own players, but also to see trends and maybe uh, work out for trades, work out uh, considerations for pickups and whatnot, is targets, touches, and looks. And I'm excited to say that this year, you know, this is something that we've been, we've been we pioneered this. We've been putting on our website for seven years now, targets. And then we started doing targets and touches. And now we're doing targets and touches and looks. And actually we've added a whole new bunch of wrinkles to our targets, touches, and looks piece this week, done by Pyrolytics. He's kind of helping spearhead it. Uh, and then we're going to have OC is going to be the one managing and doing a write-up for that piece on a regular basis. I think that we're going to be putting out targets and touches and looks is a Thursday piece of content on Pyro this week. Uh, this year, uh, but we basically added a few other elements to our chart this year, and it's pretty badass. Basically, we're doing uh, points per target. So basically, we're breaking out how many, it's not just points per catch, but points per target. So how many points is a player scoring, fantasy points, is a player scoring based on the number of targets they're getting. So that's a pretty awesome thing. And there's even a few other elements that um, that myself, uh, uh, Stag Party, and, uh, oh, and Pyrolytics have, have added into the mix to make our goal, I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt you, our goal no. is to make that piece just a badass weapon of mass destruction. I like what we did last year. The charts are helpful. We didn't do as many write-ups last year as, as I would have liked for the website, so we're changing that this year. There's going to be write-ups, talking through what were trends, what are we seeing on these charts, but also we're adding other columns and elements to the charts themselves that are just more fantasy goo for your eyeballs. Well, what I think is so cool about that information, though, is, is those points per touch or, or uh, for, per target is, uh, as, as opposed to touch, is that you have the, the guy who you can see who's scoring a lot of points, but you know what? He's not that effective. 
You know, as a guy who's, this guy's, and that, that tells you, oh wow, this guy's undervalued for what he's doing right now. But he's gonna start to get more targets and now he's gonna get all these more touches and his effectiveness is gonna make his jump up toward the top come a lot faster than it will for some of these other guys that are like at the same point as him if, the, if, if you like compare where they've actually scored fantasy points on the year and see what the total actual number of touches that they've actually completed on but actually then compare the targets. It's such an interesting it's, aspect. You got a guy like Demarius Thomas who last year, you're blown away by him. He had 105 catches last year. I thought he had a terrible season. He had a pretty good yardage. He just didn't have any touchdowns. Where you can look and see on the amount of targets, and he had a ton of targets. So you can see that his effect, he wasn't, a, like you said, effective last year in a lot of situations. Um, now on the flip side of it, we actually released for Pyro Pro members a chart uh, earlier, I think maybe last weekend or earlier this week, which was a piece on um, top positional weeks for running back twos and wide receiver twos. And I think that's a great piece to see, like, you know, when you're really thinking about, okay, you know, everyone wants to have a wide receiver one, wide receiver one, but you just, as you're drafting, it's just not possible. Demarius Thomas was the best wide receiver two of any player. I think 13 weeks out of the 16 he played, he gave you wide receiver two numbers. So now that tells me he's going now in the late third round. I got him actually in the fourth round in that expert league I did for Blog Talk Radio last week. He's my wide receiver two because I got Julio Jones with our first pick. I'm looking now and I'm looking at that chart and saying, damn, I got the best wide receiver two from last year and he's my wide receiver two. But here's the best part. People are like, well, yeah, but the quarterback situation is worse this year than it was last year. Really? Really? I don't see that. Peyton Manning had one of the the worst statistical seasons. He was atrocious. Ever. And then you had Brock Osweiler, who was just a complete game manager that came in, and he still put up those that production. I think, I think, I hope it's uh, Sanchez over uh, Simeon or whatever. I really do, but. What do you think Sanchez is going to be doing? He's going to be like, I'm going to my best guy. And he's going to be peppering uh, Demarcus, uh, Demarius with, with, um, with targets. So I'm, I'm really, really bullish and high on uh, a nice bounce back season for Thomas. He's got the ring. He's the bona fide leader of this locker room on the offensive side of the ball now that Peyton's gone. And uh, I'm expecting big, big things. But, again, that's I'm going wide receiver early, so I like him as my wide receiver too, or even in that three zone. You can get him in the fourth round. Value. Yeah. Hey, if he's getting the targets too, he could be very well. If you're going to zero running back kind of way, he could he could be a viable wide receiver one. He'll get you the numbers. I mean, if you're going to go that route, you know, Demarius is a great player. You know what I mean? And I think Sanchez will be able to find him. But I look at Denver, and I see them leaning on the defense in that running game with, with the Booker kid coming in. And then, you know, Anderson and Hillman is still in the fall, too. So, yeah. I don't, but I think Sanders is the one that takes the hit there more than anyone. I just love targets, touches, and looks from yeah. an aspect of how you manage your team. Because especially looking at situations, right? And, and know that certain situations are going to be different than others. Like, one could be Cincinnati. We know that A.J. Green is going to get a majority of the targets, touches, and looks there. But who are the other guys in that wide receiving court? Now, we're thinking of Tyler Boyd, but then there's got to be more than two, right? So who else is going to be the guys that are going to step up? For, if when, when, when he comes back. When he comes back, but until that point in time is there. So there's opportunities for other guys to, to stand out. So... It, this is where it becomes interesting also if you don't just look at the list as a whole, yeah. but break down the targets, touches, and looks by team. 
Yeah. And so start then looking at it by oh well who's how many touches and targets are the other are the running backs getting? Well how many are the are the tight end is the tight end getting and the wide receivers? Where's the where's the spread? Well who actually now if I look at this team and then you know I because I, I have one of the players on the team or I'm maybe scouting a player that I want to draft on this team. Where how much opportunity really is there for that player? And if you can find that opportunity value. Then and find it early again goes back to foreshadowing. You're getting you can use this to get an entire picture of you know what a player's fantasy production should be based on it. You know not looking at just in rankings but looking at it as a team and where's how many fantasy points is that team scoring? How many fantasy points is the distribution? Is that distribution the air by land? Right, and is it, is it is it one player that's getting the most, or and is it one other player that, that was starting higher and trending lower, another guy that's trending up, and, yep. and it'll help you to, to make better pickups as well. And in situations, this works in a, in a lot of situations. Think on the flip side, where we're thinking it might be more futile for a team like there's only a couple guys really in Cincinnati. Look on the flip side of another team like Arizona. Where you've got you know four studs that are that, you know, let's say three stud wide receivers, um, but even some other fringe guys uh, like Brown and Jerome Brown and uh, AJ Nelson getting some opportunities as well. So you can look and look at this kind of stats and say, all right, there's a lot of miles to feed here. Who's actually getting fed? And the reason why targets, touches, and looks are so important. Your guys can't score fantasy points if they're not getting opportunities to touch the ball and you can't touch the ball if they're not getting up the ball thrown your way. You got anything on uh, on this element there, PK? Oh yeah, I got I got I got Brandon Marshall, right? That's my Jets boy. I yeah, know buddy. Him. But I'll tell you what, he get he gets targets. He get, Fitzpatrick's going to look at him all day and you're going to get a volume out of him and He's one of my guys, and he's slipping down too. I don't understand why. He was like, what, top three wide receiver last year in fantasy? Yep. Why? Because people think he's going to regress? I don't know. I it think he's crazy. He's up in good shape. And I think Forte right there is going to add another dimension too, another guy who might steal targets too. But I think there's enough to go around right there with them. Another guy who gets a lot of targets right there. What do you think about Stag Party's um, uh, thought process that uh, Bilal, knowing the Jets, and let's get some Jets uh, talk here from a guy that knows the Jets as well as you do. What do you think about Stag Party thinking that Bilal's contract is actually the same or maybe even a little bit more than uh, Forte's? What are your thoughts on the fact that they're not all that invested uh, in the Forte with that signing? Is he's and gonna, then it's going to be an equal timeshare. Yeah, share. it's going to be a timeshare. Are you feeling that? It's going to be a lot of timeshare? Or what are your thoughts on I it? Think, I think eventually as the season progresses, it might shade into a timeshare so much. I think Forte's going to get the first crack at it with the majority because look at it this way. They, they have Bilal. He's a lot younger. Why are you going to burn him down when you've got a vet here who's on his last run? See what he can give you. Keep Bilal ready in the fold in case the wheels do come off or he slows up. God willing, we hope Forte is the end-all, be-all, and he does it, you know, and Bilal comes in and spells him. And you're going to get Kyrie Robinson in there at the goal line probably a little bit too. So fantasy and viability, you're going with the catches and PPR for Forte, and Bilal is a good handcuff too for him. But um, as far as what Stag's saying with Powell, I think you got to invest money somewhere, and they had to either keep him or Ivory, and Ivory commanded a larger salary. For, for them signing Powell, Forte, and Robinson, all 
combined for less than what Ivory got in Jacksonville. Okay? So, let me, let me so ask they went this. with the strength in numbers kind of thing with that. Let right. me ask you this. Do you think or does any or does do you think anyone in New York thinks that Bilal Powell can be a number one running back? I believe so. I believe you give him the opportunity, he can. He showed it when he was healthy last year. He was really good. The games we lost to Buffalo, Powell or Ivory, one or the other were hurt in those games. You know what I mean? So it's not like, you know, they couldn't do anything with Powell. Powell was good. He was PPR kind of guy. You know what I mean? He's not going to be that between the tackles kind of runner. It's not made that way. Yeah. So he's more of your pass catch and back, which is what Chan Gailey likes to run anyway. Nice. Well, good, good insight, good insight. We'll see. We hope, uh, you know, one of the things about the target aspect in Brandon Marshall, he basically demands getting the targets, and he's like, he comes back to the huddle, and he's like, hey, Fitzmagic, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk shit about you on, on that HBO show that I'm doing inside the NFL. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't get me in five targets in the second half, we're going to have problems on that show this week. Okay, you got it, buddy. Keep yeah, your, it's hard. It's hard to away from me. It's hard not to target him. He's he's such a big receiver, and he finds his way to always get the ball when you throw it to him. He's a badass. There's no question about it. That guy comes at a value every year. Last year, no no different. I think I said it on the show. I think I got him in the eighth or ninth yeah. round last year, and I mean finished the wide receiver three. Uh, basically, that pick was the was the winner for me essentially. Yeah, he's consistent week to week. He gave you good numbers. He gave you either touchdown, 100-yard games. And he's got Decker on the other side of him. So it's like pick your poison with those two, too, because Decker was eating it up in the red zone, too. The, yeah. the Jets were like, what, top top four in, in red zone efficiency last year? So they, they can they can get the ball into the red zone and score some points. Yeah, no, no question. De- Decker, uh, hopefully the TD dependency can, can stay at a high number for him because he was a touchdown. Did he hit he 10 last year? Uh, yeah, I think it was like touchdown ten. machine last year. It seemed like every time I was watching uh, watching him play, the drive would end with him scoring a touchdown. So uh, he's got a guy that won't be on many of my teams because uh, I like some of the other uh, players that are going around that same zone as him, but still stud Decker. He's, he's shown it, though. I mean, look, ever since he was playing with Peyton, he was scoring all these double-digit touchdowns there, and then... When it was Geno Smith, he dropped down. But then all of a sudden, when Brandon Marshall and, the, and, uh, and Fitzpatrick came in, boom, he's back to double-digit touchdowns. This is a guy who has a, he just he's a scorer. He, he knows what he to do in the red zone. He's a big target, six four. Agreed. Um, so one a piece that I just released uh, last week. We've been re- releasing a ton of content on Pyromaniac.com. But I did my draft strategy. Uh, put that up on the site last week. Check that out if you got a draft coming up. It's a little different of an approach than you're, you're going to hear mostly. I'm giving you just kind of big picture thoughts. I'm not talking about specific players. I'm talking more of kind of strategies and approaches that you need to take. But give that a shot. Um, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. it. Gets you prepared for the draft day. Not just the guys you pick, but just getting yourself in the right frame of mind, being in that sinful mindset, getting yourself the good spot at, at, the, at wherever your draft party is and all that good stuff. So I think it's, it's bigger and, and, and more uh, diverse than just this guy or that guy. Um, so give it a shot. Give it a listen. Uh, that'll be pretty awesome. I think we're running pretty pretty well here. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that we've talked about really kind of covers it for me. Um, Trying to think what what else. I mean, in season, one thing that, that you got to be smart about is know the tools. 
a lot of us are in different leagues that are on different websites. You know, you're in one that's on CBS, one's on ESPN, another one's over here on Real Time Sports, and you got uh, my football. Uh, it's just being smart and, and, and knowing the tools and how to use each of them for the waiver wire to find out these gems because, uh, you know, you're using so many different tools. And I think uh, that's an important thing. So know how to use those systems and the platforms you're part of your league in. Everyone has a smartphone now. You can set alarms on your phone. Every league also has different times that things are due. Yeah. Set an alarm that just says, "Hey, calendar reminder, dumbass! You're you're you have you have one hour left to get your picks in uh, for for waiver wire this week," and you'd be like, "Son of a bitch, I forgot!" And there it is to remind you. Yeah, and know set them and know your rules. Know what night that this this stuff goes through. No, no, yeah, no. What you just said. Just make sure. Some there's so many guys who are like, dude, I had to work last night. I missed the claims. Like what? Could have said it two days earlier, bro. You said, it's your your fault. Right. Your mismanagement issues, not and, not ours. And we're no longer of the days when we had to do it by email. It's like, didn't you get my email? It yeah. must have gone through. Oh, send me the send receipt. Yeah. Oh, I don't have it. I can't find it. Yeah, you didn't send it. Oh my god, computers. Can you dig it? So yeah, I think that's uh, that's one of those things. Let's talk quickly about DFS. I think an important thing um, when you're using any of these sites and doing uh, daily fantasy leagues, or not leagues, but playing daily on a weekly basis, be smart and do not set your lineup on Monday and then not look at it until the games start on Sunday. So if you're doing DFS, massage it, keep going back to it. So many people just set it and forget it and go on Monday and Tuesday because they're bored and fired up to play and try to win some money. And then a bunch of news happens between setting their lineup and the actual game starting five days later and they haven't looked at it and, hey, you're the donor. Hey, Steve, when people start a sentence with what delivering pizzas has taught me, that's the go-ahead to tune out. <laughs> I'm gonna. Have, I'm gonna. Uh, if, if you're paying too much attention ever, I'm gonna say, you know, delivering pizzas taught me, and then uh, you're just gonna zone out. I have, what? I have no idea. I zoned out. What are you, ta- what are you talking about? Uh, anything else you got on DFS from a day to day, week to week, kind of elements that, that help you in season management? Because I think we're all playing so many of these things that D- DFS is this. Because I have like I have like a one buddy of mine that we do like you know it's like everyone throws in twenty five bucks a week and it's like twelve guys and you can win like two hundred and seventy five bucks or whatever. Yeah. Or it's like eighteen guys, whatever it is. Um, top three win, and then I do like all the other contests too. I don't. I, I I set a lineup in each of the main contests early, and then I go back and I start looking and reading all the news that's going up. And I like to have, if I'm doing DFS, I like to my my, my own fancy lineup comes first. But that but uh, I'm. I'm not taking too much more time with that. DFS, I want to wait almost to the last second. Yeah. And get all the last news and make sure. But I already want to have like put my entry in. So it's because a lot of these things they close up. If you're trying to like enter all the things at the end, you're going to be screwed. Find the big leagues early. Find the ones that have the best payouts. I always do it by by dollar amount and then sort by payout. So I want to see what's the biggest payout, you know, and and then I start, uh, you know, and I also like sometimes the, the tournaments. I like the tournaments sometimes better because you can win. It's not like they have the chance to win five hundred thousand dollars, but it's like 
I love these guys have algorithms and robots and shits out there. Well, right they now. got rid of all that. They're, they got rid of that stuff. They're not allowing those scripts. But they're still like the same guys that are, yeah, have a ton still, of money yeah, that yeah. are playing like a no million question. different uh, no lineups. But they're not able to. They're not able to with a click. But there are these. But there are these. But no. But there are these tournaments where they limit you to two or three entries. So those are the ones that I like because I'm playing against chumps for the most part. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like you can really manipulate your lineups and those to to take advantage. So those are the those are the ones that. The, the games I take advantage of, and like a, a bunch of those, I finished like second and third and fourth yeah. of those. So, well, one of the things that uh, the Pyromaniac Mode does the Pyro Podcast Light. If you're not listening to that, make sure you do. Uh, he's had a lot of the biggest names in the industry on his fantasy football talks this off season. In season on Friday night, he records it and gives you, you know, all the updated news, kind of up to date. We do our Pyro Podcast. Happy on Tuesdays, so you know there's information that happens Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday that we 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 can't get to you because we want to get this thing out and have as much shelf life as possible. But he just had T.J. Hernandez from Four for Four on uh, a few days ago, and they were talking strictly about DFS. So if you're a DFS player and want to get your feet wet on that, uh, please check out that show. It's a great one on uh, DraftKings. If you if you haven't signed up for one, do so through DraftKings. We have a promo code Pyro P Y R O. So if you're new to trying out any of the DFS and you want to sign kickers, up. go to DraftKings. Yeah, DraftKings, and DraftKings also has a flex, <laughs> right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, it, but one of the things that TJ Hernandez said, which I thought was great, is if you're doing those millionaire leagues, the huge ones, if you're doing the huge leagues, make sure you are making taking some chances. Have Because you cannot win and go in and get that big money. If you're playing a lineup that you know friggin' 2,000 People saw the same saw the same kind of ten, uh, value, and you got to take a couple home runs where it's like, if this guy strikes, I, this is going to be the this is going to be the the, the, the the thing that brings me over to the top and gets me in the upper okay. echelon. I'm sorry, I had a couple valvarias. No, so so he makes a great point because I recognize that it's like uh, one of the times early on I'm playing it. I'm like, why am I playing all these great players? Because everybody else is the same damn lineup. So what I always do now too is I pick one main guy. Who do I think has the best opportunity? A lot of times it's a wide receiver that I'm going for. And I'm looking for the quarterback that I'm like, who's undervalued? And I can get a great game out of this guy and I'm only gonna have to pay like 5,800 bucks for him or whatever it is. Then I'm looking at the running backs too. Same thing, I go through our rankings and I'm going through like, and I'm I'm looking through, I'm like, who's who's sitting there? Who just stands out and it's like, but not one that everyone else is thinking about as well. And then I play two of those, and you really have to mix and match it that way, because otherwise, if you're just also doing the one guy that every every publication is going sleeper of the week, and you play that guy, you're not you're not it's not a sleeper anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, PK? Yeah, one thing I like to look at with, with the DFS is at the end of the week, you look at those guys who put, who make the perfect lineup. Because you get a lot of those guys repeating performances and stuff like that. You want those guys to be kind of the base of your roster. And then you shoot for those high upside guys, especially in the tournaments. Um, I like to play a little bit. I'm not big into DFS because I like the camaraderie that comes with with season long. But I'll tell you what, DFS, it's a fun, it's a fun toy to play with. Also, what I do is when I'm playing, at the end of the week, I'll check the lineup of the guy who won. Yeah. I want to see which players he has. Why, why is he playing these guys? How, how, did, how did he win? Who was his upside guy? You know, what was his difference maker? That's a great call. Yeah. You should I, always do that. See, see what the winners are because why did you choose differently? Yeah, and that's something that, that we say in the off-season 
audit teams from your leagues that did well, audit your own team. This is a day-to-day, in-season show, but just in general, if you haven't had your drafts yet, go back and look in your, from the, your season archive of the leagues and all that stuff. Check out who the team that won it all. What were even look at that that transaction list that you were talking about? How, why did that team win? What did they do? And kind of pick trends and try and emulate some of that stuff for moving uh, into the next season. Um, well, I'm pretty good. I think uh, I think we covered a, a whole bunch of things. If, again, if you guys have any questions out there, reach out to us on them social medias and uh, sign up for Pyro Pro. Grab that Pyro Draft Kit. Check it all out. We're uh, we're doing some great things here at Pyromaniac for the 2016 season. Uh, PK, always a pleasure to uh, talk yeah, with buddy. you. Um, thanks for coming on. I think this is the first show you've been a you, you bounced in on a on a, a blab once, and I think we maybe had you on a pyro podcast at one time. We got him once while he was driving the cab, yeah. driving the, well, we, the Uber. We never, we yeah, never had you on. Did the mock with you guys? Yeah. We, yeah, I did a mock, but we've never had you, I think, on a, on a full show coming in as a contributor. And I think you did a great job. We'll definitely do that, do this again in the future. Um, so, dropping the knowledge as usual. High fives to you down in, uh, down in uh, Miami. We love you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Listeners, uh, we know it's draft time. We know it's an important part of uh, any fantasy football season, but... If you set it, if you draft a team and you don't manage it and go week to week and put the time in throughout the season, and we see the numbers, the numbers on traffic drop for our site, even starting in the middle of November. The listens on the podcast drop a little bit. And what that tells me is that people are either, their teams are so shitty they're already out of it and they've got no ego and don't want to compete, or people at a certain point just start living with the team that they have. And don't be that person. Don't do it. You can. You got to go through the whole season. You got to be ready to do this. Um, last thing I'm going to say about in-season management, and this is super important. We've all got lives outside of fantasy football. We all got. Me and Houdini go to a lot of Bears games. Um, be smart in your management. And if you know you're doing something on a Sunday, or you know you're going to be out late. On a, on, a, on, a, uh, on a Saturday night or you're going on a weekend trip with your new new wife, make sure you, <laughs> you happen, you happen set to be your on a, lineup. You happen to be on a, on a trip in California and forget that the game started at 10 o'clock out there? Exactly. Exactly. Set your lineups. Do it early. At least have something if you can't get back to it. Don't be an idiot and be the guy that waits till the last minute before. Some of these leagues lock you out seven minutes before the kickoff happens. Do not put yourself in that kind of predicament. Yeah, and some leagues you'll have an option to have a second owner on your team. So if you go away a lot on weekends and you need somebody to help you, you can contact them and they can have access to your team and be able to help you from afar. Yeah, that actually happened to me in one, one I, think it, I think it was that game that I mentioned uh, where Rawls, I inserted Rawls for, uh, I was actually at the, the Bears game drinking some Belverde's and my partner was like, dude, he texted me, he's like, Marshawn Lynch ain't playing, Marshawn Lynch ain't playing. I'm like, Put him in, bro. Put him yeah. in, and that helped me out by having that that, that, that second partner. So, uh, good good point. But just stick with it. Do the do the little things, and uh, make help yourself achieve that luck that we mentioned right at the beginning of the show. 
High fives all around, Houdini. Always a pleasure to talk fantasy football. Later, my man. Fist bump to you, PK Ripper. Have a good one. And uh, thanks, guys. What's the music we're listening to and uh, closing out, starting and closing out with? Buddy. Yeah, so it was. Uh, this is uh, something from my college years. Diggable Planets. Like it. Uh, they had. It was years. like two albums, but this first album was the one that like uh, was awesome. I think a little bit ahead of its time. I think it still holds up today. Uh, so we opened up with uh, where I'm from, and we're closing with the rebirth of Slick. Cool like that. Love cool like that. D A T. Come on, baby. We love you, Pyros. Fantasy championships like that. Bring it. Cleopatra Jones. And I'm chill like that. 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 I'm chill. Twist the braids and I'm peace like that. I'm peace like that. I'm peace like that. I'm peace. 
peace like that. I'm peace like that. I'm peace like that. I'm peace like that. Let me check it out. I move like that. I'm smooth like that. I jive like that. I roll like that. Yeah, I'm thick like that. I stack like that. I'm down like that. I'm black like that. Yo, I funk like that. I'm fat like that. I'm in like that because I swing like that. We jazz like that. We freak like that. We zoom like that. We out. We out. We out. I'm a Persian stud, name of Rashid. I drive an M3 with tricked out ground effects. I live with my parents. Big house, no yard. I sell X, but I don't use it. I'm gonna go take a lap, pounce on the first badonka donk I see. 